Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner. The finest uncooperative conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the walls. Blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches. And you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. Radio show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening to uncooperativeradio.com. And I'm here with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Hello, Susan. Hello, American Patriots. Hey, what are we talking about this evening? Well, it's Thursday, so we start with the Pledge of Allegiance, but you wanted to play a recording by Red Skelton about the Pledge of Allegiance to remind people what we are really pledging to. So we will do that first. Then the states are bowing down to the UN. I was going to do that last show. We didn't get to it. We have to get to it this show. Followed by the illegal alien invasion report and states' rights and space the final frontier, if we get to it. Doubtful. But one always has hope. But anyway, this is usually where I lead you with the pledge, but this time, Patriots, listen to Red Skelton. I remember a teacher that I had. Now, I only, I went, I went through the seventh grade. I went to the seventh grade. And I left home when I was 10 years old because I was hungry. I used to, this is, this is true. I work in the summer and I go to school in the winter. But I had this one teacher. He was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher, a real sage of, of my time, anyhow. He had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. And he walked over, this little old teacher, Mr. Laswell was his name. Mr. Laswell, and he says, uh, <clears throat> he says, I've been listening to you boys and girls recite the Pledge of Allegiance all semester. And it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you. If I may, May I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O oh glory, a symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, there's respect, because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United, that means that we have all come together. States, individual communities that have united into 48 great states, 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose. 
all divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose, and that's love for country. And to the Republic, Republic, a state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people, and it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people, for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation. And justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all, for all, which means boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools? That would be terrifying. Oh, wait, that happened. 60s got rid of prayer at school yep and they're slowly getting rid of the pledge of allegiance people are still doing saying it oh they had schools. gotten rid they had gotten rid of it before and then they they brought it back and now they're trying to get rid of it again well we let the progs take over the educational institutions and uh now we get garbage out the other side you know yeah, we have an example of that, but I'm going to save that for when we do our education segment. Okay. <laughs> I wish this, I wish it would have gone viral, Brian. That video. Which video? The stupid girl. Oh, the stupid girl. Yeah. You got to play that today. Oh, you want me to? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we have to play it. Well, I have it up. I didn't know if you wanted to to do it or not. No, I made I made the clip up for you so that you, I didn't want to. I wasted all that time just because I was bored. Believe me, I never have enough time up here. Okay, man, I, I love the way he says that, and I like his back when it was forty-eight states too. The states are bowing to the United Nations, from World Net Daily. Obamacare required Americans to turn over their health records to the government. Common Core forces them to turn over their children's education records, and smart meters installed on their homes reveal real-time water and energy usage to the government-regulated utilities. With all that data being collected on every American, now the government wants something else. 
that wants to track your driving habits. On July the 1st, this is not a new idea. On July the 1st, Oregon became the first U.S. state to roll out a vehicle mileage tax, or VMT. Oh, aren't you proud you've got your own special tax, a VMT? This it's like the VAT over in England. You guys are getting more and more like the UK. If you haven't figured it out, they're falling apart over there. That's what I mean. This is why we need to take our states back. This is ridiculous that they're doing this on their own citizens, and the citizens are allowing it. They even think it's a good idea. And I guarantee you there's still going to be potholes. Hey, trust me on this. No matter how much you give the city, they're not going to fix the potholes. You think they would, but there's always something else that needs to go to. You know, and again, this is how schizophrenic we are. Oregon just passed something that is really freedom with their marijuana laws, okay? And then they turn around and do this. They also passed that you can have small amounts of marijuana on in-flights across the state of Oregon. Okay, more freedom. Then they do this. Uh Uh-uh. More taxation. They tax the crap out of marijuana. So, yeah, think of it this way. They voted for marijuana because they wanted tax dollars. They voted for this because, oh, yeah, they wanted tax dollars. Not really schizophrenic at all, is it? If you think about it, it's really, they they just want more taxes. That, that was one of the reasons the prohibition went away. The national government wanted to go back to taxing alcohol. Oh, and... For those that listen to our show and also listen to Michael Savage, would you please correct him from what he said yesterday? What now? About the whiskey rebellion. Oh, (laughs) Oh, man. He entered the, he entered the domain of the doofusai. Yes, he was trying to explain that really, you know, the way he has a real, he has a real nasty opinion of our founding fathers, really. Uh, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he quite understands history as much as he thinks he does. And a good example would be him pointing to the whiskey rebellion for the reason we went to war with England. Now, I know all you listening to the show know the whiskey rebellion was under George Washington's administration under the United States Constitution. Yes, prompted by Alexander Hamilton. Yes, this tax was prompted, and they didn't like it, and they rose up, and Washington raised an army and put him down, just like he's supposed to, put down insurrection. Anyway, I can feel for those poor Pennsylvanians not wanting a whiskey tax. I don't like whiskey tax either. You know, it, he was trying to make a point that a lot of the revolution was about money, money, and it's true. Um, I'm learning more and more on the women of the revolution. It was. It was about multiple things. That's a superficial way to look at it. Exactly, and it, and it's but a, it's part it's a lefty way of looking at history, right? And and how no, we that did was it. their liberty as well. Not only the taxation; it was the the affronts on their liberty. Also, the reason that we didn't have manufacturing here is because the crown. Wouldn't allow it. Would not allow no. it. We had to sh- send the resources back to them to make. And then they, we had to buy it from them. Right. So that was another reason why we, we were but like, see, you know. Michael's out to say, still about money. <laughs> no, it was a lot of things. It was, it, <laughs> money was part of it, but it's not just about money. When you, it's not like when you bad mouth big corporations and use those kind of terms. That's bad enough, but our founding fathers and our history, really? 
That's all they cared about was money. That's why we, we broke away. It was just about money. Really, all that talk about life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, uh, all that was nonsense then, I guess, Savage, right? They, they wanted to give their fortunes and their sacred honor. Oh, wait. They, they, they did give their fortunes. So it couldn't have been about making money because they spent all their money. Are you kidding? Most of the generals ended up in debtor's prison or completely penniless at the end of the revolution and had to sell off their properties and plantations. Now, this is about money. All this nonsense right. the states are doing is about money, purely about money. Well, you know, sometimes Michael goes a little shallow in his thinking. <clears throat> and, you know, he did come up through the through the 60s and all that. And before that, the beatnik. So, I mean, he, he isn't exactly unaffected. And I, I can't stand people that use the term uh, military-industrial complex. Just for the record, I, I don't like, I, I hate the term. I've been hearing lefties screaming for, since I was a kid. I, I don't want to hear it. I hate it. It's, it's a lefty term. It's a lefty idea and, we don't have a real big military industrial complex right now anymore, do we? We, have, well, no, we're not spending as much percentage on military in our budget as other countries are. We pay very little. Oh, we'll take all that money in from the military and, and give it to poor people. See, see, never thinking right. Take money and give it to poor people. That's like, that's like someone, that's like you going out fishing and then stopping by your neighbor's house and dropping off fish for them to eat every day instead of going and bringing them fishing and teaching him how to fish and catch his own damn fish. Do you want to be slave to that man for the rest of his life feeding him? It's the same thing. Look what we got. We're, we're slaves to them. We're feed, still feeding them. Millions upon millions of them that don't do anything productive. In fact, everything they do is negative to the country. Now, this is different. This is lefty, progressive government running out of other people's money to spend, and so they're looking for more ways to bring in revenue, and they always think the best way to do that is to raise taxes. They're wrong, that's why we're in the situation we're in, but believe it or not, they refuse to open up their eyes and realize the reason we're where we are is because of left-wing Keynesian economic nonsense. Not, not free market, not capitalism. This, it, 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 I can't even call this capitalism. It's crony capitalism hyphen socialism. It's, it's, it's just ugh, up there. It's not our it's not our government, and but this see this is why you got to take your states back, and why you need to take them back first before anybody thinks about a convention of the states at Article Five of the Constitution, because as you will hear, either on this show or through other venues, um, what our current government is doing to you and me. And selling us down the river to the United Nations. It's, it's amazing. It's happened in my lifetime. I didn't think it would. I, I didn't think it would. Uh, let's hope, uh, we can get, get moving on the states or they get slowed down somehow. Because right now they're, they're scaring me about what they're gonna leave us with.
he said he was going to make sure that what he did couldn't be undone. I had no idea what he was talking about at the time. I think I get it now. There'll be so much destruction to the institutions and so many things that you couldn't undo it. He's hoping it collapses completely before he leaves, but so far that hasn't happened. But it will eventually. You keep letting them borrow money. Well, they'll close the government. I don't care if they close the government down. Please close the government down. It's only required to be open one month a year. Every They're always doing something up there. We don't send them up there to get things done. That's not true. Yes, we send them up there to get the budgeting done and the, the minutia of running the general government. But that's it. There's not a whole lot for it to do. Not a whole lot of money it needs to spend of ours. And if we get back to the Constitution, it'll happen again. But we can't secede. We can't say we're going to stand up to the federal government if we haven't yet succeeded in taking back our state government. It is absolutely essential that happens first. You want a convention of the states? Also, would require that my plan have succeeded in a majority of the states, then, yes, you can have a convention of the states if you so wish to do some quick changes like get rid of the income tax and give the senators back to the state legislatures. Those two things would be remarkable. Uh, While you're there, get rid of the 14th so I don't have to hear these non-citizens claiming to be citizens. But first we must take our, either way, first we have to take back the states. Mark's wrong about this. You cannot move because the, who's going to be in charge? The delegates are going to be controlled by the state, the state government. And if you don't have control of your state government, that means it's not a conservative government. And that means that libtards are going to be sent. Those who wish to destroy the constitution will be sent. You can say whatever you want. That will happen. And Despite what Mark Levin says, it can absolutely become his definition of a runaway convention. Uh, he might have forgotten that under the Articles of Confederation, the states sent the delegates to Philadelphia not to create a new government, but to fix the Articles of Confederation. Under his definition, that was a runaway convention. And it can certainly happen again. Again, because the people ratify it. If the, if the people ratify it, the people want it, they get it, there you go. Of course, we know that most people in this country don't know what they want. They think they do, but they're clueless. Have had to get it. <clears throat> All right. Back to the VMT. Oregon's program, World That Delhi Has Learned, will serve as a global model what now, uh, what is it with our states going global that's it's unconstitutional you're not allowed to do this kind of stuff <clears throat> you could certainly be a model i guess but how will they serve as a global model let's see it's being closely watched by other states and by congress as they search for an alternative to the sales taxes drivers pay on each gallon of gas 
Other industrialized countries, such as Germany, are also experimenting with the concept. How does it work? Think of it as a smart meter for your car. The more you drive, as tabulated by the GPS in your car. What if I don't have a GPS in my car? My car doesn't have a GPS. I don't have a car. I have trucks. <laughs> There's not a GPS in them. I don't have spacecraft vehicles. I have ones that, you know, pretty easy to fix. Working vehicles. Yes, we're definitely working vehicles. But I don't want a smart meter on my car. Uh, I, I, if I would never go to progressive insurance, number one, because of its name. But number, and, and no, the, the name is what they are. The guy started is a huge prog. And that's where the pro model proceeds go to. Uh, progressive causes and candidates. But that little black box you plug into your computer terminal? I'll have none of that. <laughs> Just, are you kidding me? I'm gonna, I'm gonna let them snoop on my driving habits to decide how much I'm gonna pay in auto insurance. I find that an intrusion on my privacy. I don't really care about my driving habits. They're exemplary, but I don't want to share. I like my privacy. You know, this whole, I think this whole other last gen two generations because of social media, they don't care about that privacy anymore. They put everything up there. They don't have there. any. Not, not only the whole school knows everything about you, the whole world knows everything about you. So there you go, GPS in the car, pop, pop. The more you drive, the more you pay. And the government would set the rate. Oregon is charging 1.5 cents per mile as an introductory rate for drivers who opt into the voluntary program. Various studies and pilot programs for the VMT, funded mostly by the Federal Highway Administration, oh, that would be unconstitutional use of money, and I would say an unethical use of money at this point. They're tr they're using our dollars to uh, get our, our government to charge us more money. Money they're not even supposed to have in the first place. Again, show me the Constitution where we're allowed to dip into the Treasury for infrastructure. Oh, and, and James Madison agrees with me. He, they tried to put a, uh, infrastructure bill through, and they did pass it. But when it landed on Madison's desk, he was like, no, sir. Basically what I always say. Nowhere in the, I find nowhere in the treasury where it allows Congress to dip into the treasury for fill in the blank. I said, but nowhere in the Constitution. Constitution, I know. <laughs> I, I caught that. Uh, <laughs> nowhere in the Constitution. Um, and that's basically what he said. It's much more long-winded than I am, believe it or not, at least in his writings. <laughs> no, I actually like to speak more, right? So, yeah, he on his way out the door, as a matter of fact. And he said, though, you know, the public works bill, he said, uh, you know, the, it's a good idea, but you just have to amend the Constitution. I mean, that's, what he, that's his last comment on it when he left his presidency. Um, that has never been done. There has never been an amendment to the Constitution for public works, and therefore it's just as unconstitutional today as it was when James Madison vetoed it. You know, back when presidents actually vetoed things were unconstitutional, regardless of who was in power. Not political party hacks. Well, 
we did have some of them. Hamilton and Adams were like that. But anyway, so they're trying to suck them in with the one point five cents because they're going to say it's going to be more. I'm just sucking them in with this, and I don't know what else they're going to offer these volunteers uh, for the program. But I'm still paying the gas price tax at the pump, and you want me to sign up for this to pay 1.5 cents per mile on top of the gas tax I'm already paying, so you can see if it's a good idea to charge other people. They have to give them something. Why would I do this? Well, again, what I keep saying is our citizens are doing it to us. Our own citizens are doing all this stuff to us. They're doing it to themselves. Yeah, they're it'll doing be it the, the Enviro Nazis are all going to sign up. Various studies in pilot cars, the VMT, funded by the Federal Highway Administration, again, nothing about Highway Administration in the Constitution, have been done over the past 12 years, but it was just too expensive to convert every car to a GPS format. That has changed. Most newer cars now have built-in GPS systems that allow tracking through satellite system and... The older cars can be retrofitted with sensors that are relatively inexpensive and already in use on toll roads across the United States. Oh, great. They're going to make me do it, too? If uh, my fellow Montanans are listening, if you vote for a MMT, I'm going to kick your ASS. I'm sorry. We do have a lot of Californians here and students that, uh, for some reason, are allowed to vote in our elections. Nobody's been able to explain why to me. Because they should be, they're not residents. They're paying non-resident college fees. They're they're not residents of Montana. They're from wherever, mostly a lot of them from the left coast. And we had this problem down in Florida, too, where they those progs had the college kids all wrapped around their fingers, go out and vote for Gore, and then send a, your absentee ballot back to your home state and vote for Gore there too. Yes, oh yes, that did happen. Uh, there should be no way foreign foreigners, we're, we're independent states. If you're from another state, a resident of another state, you don't get to vote in my state because you don't get to tell us how we're going to live or how much money it's going to cost. Why would we let them do that? Students should be barred from elections until they're back in their home state uh i mean do the absentee thing that's legal it's what you're supposed to do and nothing more they'll still find ways to use that to cheat because that's that's all they do it's like these left-wing lunatics they look for ways to to do what they're not supposed to do and us not to notice So now, yeah, they're going to retrofit my car now. We're going to make it mandatory. So uh, let me explain how that works, too. The government's not going to retrofit the car. You're going to pay to retrofit your car if you don't have GPS. Do you see the problem with these kinds of legislation? Having any government have this kind of power? Uh, um. The last hurdle is how to set the rates. A major federally funded study by the University of Iowa, and more money we're not supposed to be spending, in 28 and 20 and uh, 2008 and 9, called the National Evaluation of a Mileage-Based Road User Charge, laid out the possibilities. 
judging your carbon footprint. On page 16 of that study, I think they get paid by the word. Authored by I I public policy <laughs> professors John Cool and Paul Hanley, three alternatives are given. States could make the per-mile fees neutral to the current gas tax. They could base them on the fuel efficiency of the car each motorist drives, with green vehicles getting a cheaper rate than gas hogs. Or they, or, you know, we already have gas hogs. It already costs us more money to run those things. Leave us alone. We need them, but we wouldn't spend the extra money on gas to ride, drive them. You doofus. You know, don't live in big cities or even suburbs. It's a lot of driving to get places. Got to tow stuff sometimes, like trailers. You got maybe a bed full of lumber. All this kind of stuff you use your vehicles for that you wouldn't think of in the suburbs and in in the city because you don't do that because it, it's some suburbs maybe but not back east i know that uh that was gone from long island I mean, but here we go so now they're trying to price you out of what you need to get the job done it, i just don't get it it's don't they understand that that this is going to negatively affect the construction business uh, they don't make any electric pickup trucks for a reason. That's, they, they can't haul a lot of weight. They already got all those batteries they're hauling around. Uh, I know they're going to come out with one. They, they have a, uh, what do you call it? One, the, the one that looks like the Lotus. Uh, um, actually it was more like a DeLorean. Anyway, they have one that's electric. So they have one of those high performance cars. It's supposed to be, supposed to have power. I don't know. Uh, I'm never driven it, but I do know that since I saw a thing on it and everyone was touting it in the special, it seemed great. But I heard that part of their division, uh, when I went out of business or at least <laughs> had to declare bankruptcy because even with all the money the government was cutting for electric vehicles, they still couldn't sell enough of those expensive electric things. Why? Because people with money want the actual real thing. They don't want an electric one. That's a toy. It's just what to say. Judging by your footprint, I hate this, this carbon footprint thing too. It's just, it's un, I knew they were going to find a way to just wedge that into something else with a crowbar. Uh, that, that carbon footprint thing is all going to be part of our lives. I, I swear forever now. Uh, Maybe this is the no. Maybe this is the number of the beast. Carbon footprints. Anyway, this sounds like something out of Al Gore's wet dream, says Patrick Wood, an economist, researcher, and author of the new book Technocracy Rising: The Trojan Horse of Global Transformation. The technocracy that would be that would mean a government of techies. I hope he wasn't thinking about bureaucracy. That would be a different one. But a technocracy, huh? Your mileage rate would be customized just for you based on your carbon footprint throughout your lifestyle profile, said Wood, who also authors the blog August Forecast and Review and co-authored the 1978 book Trilaterals Over Washington with Dr. Anthony Sutton. 
we'll finish this up on the other side. This is Young Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there's certain voodoo priests who who have the power to bring him back to life. Oh, horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813 800-215-6813 This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Uncooperative radio show merchandise is now available at cafepress.com forward slash uncooperative radio. At this wonderful site, you will find hats, T-shirts, coffee mugs, and bumper stickers, and much, much more. Merchandise slogans include, I am an uncooperative citizen, become an uncooperative citizen, I am an uncooperative citizen and damn proud of it, and the Constitution is the solution. So visit cafepress.com forward slash uncooperative radio today and become an uncooperative citizen. That's cafepress.com forward slash uncooperative radio. If you are successful at what you do, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a business owner, or you have a great career, you understand the concept of protecting yourself. Well, are you protecting yourself, your family, and your assets with quality term life insurance? Consider these possible rates. A man age 45, non-tobacco user, could obtain $1 million of coverage for as little as $75 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 10 years. We specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. A man age 50, non-tobacco user, may be able to obtain $500,000 of coverage for as little as $115 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 20 years. We have great rates for smokers, too. Call the Term Lifeline now. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. Okay, and welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. You need to. 
you need to tell the folks what's going on. Oh, or <laughs> oranging, <laughs> oranging, and redding, and redding. Okay, um, it seems our internet connection with the server is having issues, and or the servers have. I don't know. It's something between us and the server. Um, I apologize to the live listeners that are still here because usually that means that we just drop out and then come back up. And uh, we're out for like three minutes, according to Susan. So I don't think anyone would stick around for three minutes. So if you come in late, that's what's going on. And if you're on iHeart and you hear this, it's, it's already too late because you sat through three minutes of silence. But uh, I will be correcting it and re-uploading it to Spreaker, which will automatically upload it to iHeart. The only problem is there'll be two of them because I have no way. They don't override it. They just, they put two of them up. So you want the last, obviously, the the older one. I mean, the newer one. The one that's up sooner. That'll be the one I uploaded, and that's been corrected because I record locally at the same time I do the show in case something like this happens. I always try to have backups. Same thing with my uh, interviews. There's always this. Something happens, I have, I have a backup, and this way, usually, I uh, I don't have problems that can't be fixed. But occasionally, I have had everything go wrong. It, that was it's it, no matter how much you plan, it sometimes it's just your time. So back to the trilaterals. So uh, this could only be predicted on a massive database of carbon-related information about each citizen, especially from the smart grid, he said. The fact that they call it a national evaluation study clearly reveals that it is intended to be nationalized at some point, as enough states buy into it. Regardless of whether you buy into Gore's claims about global climate change, there's another issue, privacy. Critics see the system itself, no matter how the rates get set, as intrusive. Yes, I do. Intrusive. No. It goes beyond just collecting. It goes because they're social engineering. Again, we got to stop this, ladies and gentlemen. Which side we're on? Social engineering is wrong. You don't use the government to control people's lives. That government's not even supposed to be in our lives. But I, this, this is... This is ridiculous. It is intrusive. I'm sorry. I, I thought, you know, the little black box for progressive was bad. This is a billion times worse. He wants to use the smart grid, which means they're going to look at your energy consumption at home to base your carbon footprint and how you go to it for work, etc. On and on it goes. I, I, I don't know what kind of, sh- what size shoe you have, maybe. Everything. And then they're going to, pick winners and losers. They're going to charge the people that do what they want less than the people that don't do what they want. Hence, corralling them to doing what the government wants. This is why we don't like the government to have any kind of power like this. This is why the Constitution doesn't allow for any of this power. Yeah, it goes beyond just collecting taxes because it also tracks every movement, said Wood. Where does all this information go after they collect it? It's mixed in with your medical records, I guess. It's not deleted, but is it shipped off to some central data bank? It's about the data. It's about collection of data and storage of data. That 
it's not about a tax. Congress in 29 states considering VMT. The VMT is being pitched as an alternative to fuel taxes, and 29 states are in various stages of considering it. No VMT. Just say no to VMT. Just say no to more government. The 18.4 cents per gallon federal tax may also go by the wayside as Congress looks for a more efficient and lucrative model of funding the nation's transportation infrastructure. They don't keep the money separate. The money that goes into that, that, that gets paid to the federal government goes to the general treasury. There's no cutting off, putting it in a trust fund for just transportation. No, no. Nope, it goes to pay for all their proggy programs. Many in the green movement like the idea that people could be charged based on how much they drive rather than everyone paying the same flat rate sales tax on the fuel they buy. Representative Earl Blumenauer, Democrat Oregon, said he was one of the first to sign up for the Oregon's new road user fee called Origo. And he hopes to take, it takes off nationwide. Oh my goodness, Origo, really? Blumenauer said the program will improve the way we drive and the way we plan our communities, as well as our trips. And there comes Agenda 21. Mm-hmm, there it is. He said it will help his state pay for a 21st century transportation system and will lead the way for the nation to follow suit. And for people worried about privacy issues, the Origo website assures volunteers who enroll in the program will have their personal information kept secure and private. Yes, just like all the other uh, leaked things from the database of the national government, right? Just as secure as uh, the veterans' information, my information was leaked, right? Origo. Let me explain the problem with this. First of all, the infrastructure thing. Now they want a transportation system. The reason we don't have a fancy rail system like Europe is because we're like 50 times the size of Europe. And we have people living very rural you can't cover the entire country with railroad tracks. Not only is it impractical, expensive, and ugly, it just won't work. But that's okay. See, big cities can do it. New York, they don't need a car in New York. You got, you got an actual good subway system, bus system. I certainly found it adequate when I used it. Uh, that's great. You could do that in, in places that have high population concentrations. And this, this they already know. That's why I'm bringing this up. Agenda 21. They're going to force us into the high population areas to take advantage of the 21st century transportation system because our driving that far to work from where we live is a no-no, so we're going to charge you 200% more in taxes because you're not green enough. You see, you can make people do things with this kind of power. That's what they want to do. This is Agenda 20. This is them trying to do Agenda 21 without without actually doing Agenda 21. You understand what I'm saying? You might hear sustainable 
planning. That's agenda 21 code words. Sustainable. Sustainable is code word for agenda 21. And that means they want you the heck out of the rural areas. They only want farmers and ranchers out in the rural areas and everybody else in the high population centers where you could be controlled, monitored, taxed, uh, I don't know, anything they want to you and too bad. This is what our country is turning into and it's turning into it because people in this country want it like this. It's insanity. But will Origo insurances be any more trustworthy than those provided by Sony Inc., Bank America, the U.S. Office of Personal Management, Obamacare, and countless other companies and government agencies that have been hacked? In fact, an Iowa study on page 12 admitted that VMT systems would be an attractive target for various types of cyber attacks. Another study on the VMT tax conducted by Georgia Tech in Atlanta suggests that states should offer a rebate to drivers who drove fewer miles than the year before. If this sounds like a line straight from the United Nations sustainability agenda, that's because it is. Implementing the UN agenda, get people out of cars. The UN has been prodding industrialized countries to make it more costly for drivers to drive for years with its sustainability and smart growth policies said Tom DeWeese, founder of American Policy Center. And every U.S. president since Bill Clinton has bought into the sustainability agenda. This VMT is part of the sustainable program that has been kicked around the Obamanist administration for years, DeWeese said. They used the excuse that with falling gas prices and more fuel-efficient cars, states need a more stable way to collect funds for highway infrastructure. That way, they can pretend to be concerned with sound and responsible fiscal policy. But the real agenda behind the VMT has nothing to do with fiscal responsibility, Dewey said. The fact is, and I didn't read this article before I read it with you. It's first time, just so you know. The fact is, sustainability advocates call for less driving of cars, he said. Smart growth in the cities is all about getting people out of their cars and into walkable communities and public transportation. That is where highway funds are disappearing into. Expensive high-speed trains, trolleys, and creating mandatory bike paths. Don't forget the rickshaws in Manhattan. (laughs) My God, we're regressing into China. This is unbelievable. We got to bring my my parody back, the 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 moped parody. They're actually doing it, sorta. Only they're not gonna let you drive your car to the outskirts of the city, then get at the moped to go in. They're not gonna allow that to happen. You did the same thing. You turned away. I know, because I was talking to you, and you were over there. (laughs) I do play that parody, and this is all about control. That's all this is about. I already said that up front. I knew that. I didn't read, I didn't have to read the article. I already know that, but we need, uh, I need to keep giving people more and more proof because some people are just hard to convince. The Rand Corporation, if that already set liberals up, 
the Rand Corporation and the University of Iowa have been at the forefront of research into mileage-based pay-as-you-drive schemes, according to Federal Highway Administration, which has funded the bulk of the research. In other words, you, you have funded the bulk of the research. They have no money. They are not private entities that takes donations. They run sucking on your tax dollars, and then they give away your tax dollars. We pay them with our money to give away our money. See how stupid that sounds? The University of Iowa's National Evaluation Study of the VMT concept concluded that the federal fuel tax no longer generates sufficient revenue to fund highway infrastructure needs. Of course not, with all the unionized members, right? <clears throat> well, Obama's trying to make it all unionized again, but they, they, I think a lot of the contractors are union, are union. Well, and a lot of the states are fighting back, trying to get right to work also. Yeah, but they, they can't because these are, these are federal dollars. They gotta do what the federal government wants, not what the states want. It's not supposed to be this way, but it is the way it is. So, of course, it's no longer sufficient. Everything's got more expensive, and you're you're killing us. You're taking all our money for all this nonsense out of our economy and wonder why our economy sucks. If you just get rid of the unconstituted bureaucracies up there in the executive branch, which is almost all of them, well, all the bureaucracies that aren't part of the actual cabinet are unconstitutional. So if we get rid of all of those, we'll have so much money, we wouldn't know what to do with it. It'd be flying around our economy, making things happen instead of sitting in bureaucrats' pockets and going into studies on how to restrict our liberties and freedoms further until they won't be happy until they program us. The study's author lamented that the Federal Highway Trust Fund, there is none, just like there's no Social Security Trust Fund, funded by the 18.4 cents gas tax and 24.4 cent diesel tax, what it was, and, and you think that's okay that they went for diesels more because greenies think diesel's dirtier. Uh, you do understand that ev everything moves around this country on trucks, right? And they run diesel, right? So you just made everybody's stuff more expensive. So I wouldn't go telling people you're for this because you, you might not like the response. <sighs> Was running annual shortfalls due to Americans buying less fuel. There is no trust fund. None. I don't, I don't even believe there's any way they could trace because they can't trace anything. The VA just gave up losing a billion dollars. They don't know where it went. Nobody knows where it is. It's somewhere, but they just wrote it off. Billion dollars. Eh. What's a billion dollars? But why is the Highway Trust Fund running shortfalls? Yes, Americans are driving less, and the cars they buy can go further on a gallon of gas. But the Iowa study ignored the biggest drain on the trust fund. Since the late 1990s, Congress has been siphoning billions of trust fund dollars away from highways and into non-highway projects such as bike paths, walkways, and mass transit systems. Like the train to nowhere. 
A May 2015 study by the Heritage Foundation found that Congress has wasted 25% of the highway trust fund money on non-highway projects. It has been especially fond of lavishing federal fuel tax dollars on mass transit systems. The federal transportation money gets passed through the states and often through unelected regional councils or COGs, finding its way eventually to cities of all sizes. COGs plan future transportation projects for every metropolitan area in the United States. The COGs then implement the United Nations Transportation Agenda to a T, said Woods. This is what the executive branch is doing up there. They're illegally doing what the UN wants them to do. They're not the only administration either. Oh, no, but this one is beyond blatant. No, it was... At least they they stuck around. They they didn't flaunt it. Uh, no, this is this is on another level. That that we're moving into another whole other level. But yes, we all know that the Bushes progs, right? No, they are all progs. They are not conservatives. No, they are not. I'm sorry, Daddy, Daddy. Oh, we gotta we gotta come in line with the new world order. That was Daddy Bush. And GW, come on, how much did he build that government up, huh? Where's the fence? Where and where's our fence? Uh, you know, on a, yeah, because he's a prog too. And Jeb, just like this whole family, is also a prog in Republican clothing. If I'm going to tell you right now, if Jeb Bush is the nominee, Hillary's in. Better say, all hail the queen. Yeah. COGs are notoriously unconstitutional, and in his opinion, generally illegal, he said. Still, they are everywhere and are implementing sustainable development in local communities. You will find all COGs has, as being in the dead center of any toll mechanism that spans multiple cities or counties. If COGs are the implementers, Congress is the enabler. Of the 25% of highway trust fund spending sent to non-highway projects, the largest of these diversions is the mass transit account, which spent $8 billion in 2014 on buses, rail, streetcars, and other projects that should fall under the responsibility of municipal or state governments, the Heritage Report stated. <clears throat> we got to go to a <clears throat> hard break. It's Young Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause. We'll be right back. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with one another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitles them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. Read the Declaration of Independence. It's an old document that never grows old. This has been a public service announcement from the Uncooperative Radio Show. Are you a city-dwelling liberal who loves the environment? Do you cry every night because you feel that global warming will destroy the earth by the time you wake up? Is your only goal in life to smash the George Bush and Dick Cheney evil oil empire? And is Al Gore your arch-magi of all that is green? 
then do we have a solution for you. Yes, liberals, here's your chance to do your part to change America from a freedom-loving republic to a communist socialist paradise. Just walk, bike, or drive your carbon-credit vehicle to the uncooperative moped dealership. We carry an assortment of diverse and politically correct mopeds in every style and color, liberal smell not included. Our dealership knows the importance of stopping global warming and defeating the warmongering conservative from taking over the world by getting rid of all the cars, SUVs, light trucks, and pickup trucks, and soccer mom vans from our city streets. So drive your patchouli-loving ass out of the gas-guzzling, environmentally-destroying, mechanically-driven device today and onto one of our fully-loaded mopeds. Al Gore will be glad you did. Woo! I don't know if this is a good idea, son. Using funk. But, Dad, we gotta reach out to our place somehow. Besides, I love James Brown. What will your mother think? The border goes from coast to coast. Easy to get into here. We got intercontinental overload. Just slip under the fence. It don't make any sense when there's no documentation. That's too far. And somehow or some way we're gonna find out who you are. Sneaking in America. Trying to hide from immigration. Sneaking in America. Land, across the nation, sneaking in America. Got to have some legislation. New from Class Envy Productions, the people who brought you Obamacare, Cleopatra Obama, and Barry's got a brand new stash. An all-new exploitation picture starring Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, and a cast of millions and millions of unemployed Americans who all got the shaft. Members of Congress and my fellow Americans, while on vacation, working on my new, new jobs plan, I realize there are steps we can take right now to improve people's lives. But I want to continue to build roads and bridges, protect union jobs, and pay people to sit at home for another year. And every proposal I've laid out will be paid for by our children. There is the man who never had another plan except the... Shut! Damn right. He's the cat who won't slow down when the country's going south. From the south, can you dig it? You see, this cat buried is one dumb mother. Shut your mouth. I'm just talking about Obama. Oh, okay. He's not a complicated man, but nobody understands him but his woman. Michelle. Barack! Barack! You didn't eat the apples in your happy meal! Shaft, now playing in an economy near you. You're damn right. Red State Talk Radio. Talk Radio the way the founding fathers would have done it.
Welcome back to the Aguapa Radio Show. Okay, and welcome back to the Aguapa Radio Show. Where was I before so rudely interrupted? Reading an article that you've never read before to the folks because he does a cold show. And look, the moped one was was in the commercial break for you. That's We aim to please. <laughs> It's just amazing how timeless some of this stuff is. It's, uh, you figure. It's sad. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Mm hmm. Anyway, where are we here? $8 billion. Other programs include the Transportation Alternatives Program, which spent $820 million in 2014 on projects such as sidewalks, bike paths, scenic overlooks, vegetation management, and recreational trails. Because we all know we need recreational trails more than we need highways. Um, they, they, again, they can do nothing right. Even even the unconstitutional stuff they they took upon themselves, they're not doing right. And again, here in our little city of Butte, uh, we got that funding. All of the sidewalks are so pretty and beautiful, and they made a three lane highway that only goes so far and then stops <laughs> on the interstate. On the interstate. Yeah, they added another lane, and then they took it away this year. So I, I don't know. I, I don't drive on it enough to pay attention. No. But I do know that we get we got lots of stimulus money, and suddenly bridges were going up, and interstate was getting widened. Why? I don't know. Never saw more than four cars on it at any time. So, but you know, we got to have four, five, or six. Well, already it's a six lane. They're working on a six lane interstate. We don't need it. It's dumb. Well, it doesn't even go all the way. It stops. Yes, the other thing. Yeah, the lane goes to nowhere. Exactly. And then you have to merge back into the two-lane highway. Right, which would be a problem <laughs> if it wasn't Butte, Montana. There's no real traffic. <laughs> no, there isn't. The only time and there's it's... traffic is when there's construction. That's it. And? And, of course, thanks to <clears throat> you <clears throat> people keep voting in this guy. They keep sending my state money to build things, and they keep messing up my roads when I'm trying to drive on them. So stop it, because they're doing it for nothing. The whole town of Boulder was redone, because it's a state highway that goes through there. It's a road, a two-lane road, but it's also a state highway. Goes through the town of Boulder. They, they did these center islands with all this trees and stuff, and they did the sidewalks. They repaved. Uh, they dug up the whole place for something. I don't know. I remember that. That was a mess. It was all your money, and nobody in town wanted it. They're glad, they're glad to take the money. They're glad to have the work, and they're certainly glad to have it beautified. And that was under Bush. But it keeps it do, doesn't stop. We're like a welfare state in Montana. They just keep giving us stuff. That's why everybody likes the certain Democrats that they do here is because they bring home the bacon. That's what I've been told. Guy like him, he brings home the money. He brings the money back to Montana. We need back to Montana. We're a welfare. We we get more back from the federal government than we give. You, you a lot of you listening are in what they call donor states, where you give the federal government a lot more than you get back. But you know that's what redistribution of wealth is. They gotta pick the some of the poorest places like Montana and Wyoming and the Dakotas. Yeah. Although, well, the, although the Dakotas are getting expensive now with all that, with all that oil. 
Or are they doing the shale fracking. fracking? Are they fracking? Yep. Because fracking is still going on, and it's still booming. Regardless, they haven't stopped. I know the oil oil pumps will close down and stuff, but no, the flack, fracking has been keeping going. And that's good because they have a, a, a boom down there in Dakota. <laughs> They need to keep going. We don't want it to actually, actually uh, pull the rug out from under. That would be an economic nightmare. But I'm sure nobody else cares. These diversions sap funds that could be spent on the highway system. The purpose of the highway trust fund and shortchange the motorists and shippers that pay directly into the system through fuel taxes. So, advocates of the new VMT, such as Oregon's Representative Blumenauer, are correct when they say the current method of investing in infrastructure through the Highway Trust Fund is not working. What they fail to point out is that the system has been intentionally broken by Congress, steering highway money away from highways and into other projects meant to get people out of their cars. Again, UN agenda, right? We covered that earlier. Oh, if you're just joining us, sorry, covered that earlier. <clears throat> Even Ford Motor Company, in a stunning admission, told Detroit, <laughs> Detroit Free Press last week that it was planning for a future in which it would sell vastly fewer cars. Ford is planning for success in a future with more congestion, fewer cars, and fewer people driving them. Free Press reporter Elisa Prittle wrote in her opening paragraph, the congestion, as Prittle explained, will no longer be in the form of cars, but a combination of cars, buses, streetcars, bicycles, and walkers all sharing the same space. Oh, you mean like China and Vietnam and like that? Thailand? <laughs> that It sort of sounds like China. It sounds like we're going to that. You've seen it. With the, like the whole family on a, on a little motorcycle, <laughs> one up front, two, two in the back, and... Uh, crazy, crazy, crazy people. But that'll be us, cause, you know, we, you gotta do what you gotta do to, to go to work and go home. And that's what they want. They want your life to be go her, go to work, go home. That's it. Instead of fighting public transportation, bicycles, and car sharing services, Ford is looking to join them and still make money even if fewer people are buying cars, Pirtle wrote. Ford is trying to reinvent itself as a mobility company and address the trend in urban areas of cities growing and becoming more congested. CEO Mark Fields told Priddle, People value access to mobility more than ownership. We need to understand customers' concerns and make their lives easier. The final cog in the anti-car wheel would be the VMT tax, which will likely be packaged, at least initially, in such a way that it would appeal to conservatives and progressives, hitting them softer in the pocketbook than the traditional gas tax. But once the fuel tax is completely phased out, the new VMT tax could easily be adjusted with a rate structure that punishes the middle-class driver. Another Orwellian system, but the elephant in the room is the privacy issue. Blumenauer and the other politicians pushing the VMT have not offered any serious solutions to privacy concerns, 
preferring to paper over the issue with sweeping assurances that have no basis in reality. <laughs> Why not? Isn't that what they always do? In 2013, the American Enterprise Institute posted an article by Mark Perry, Gas Tax on Mileage Shatters Right to Privacy. In the article, Perry wrote, One feature of the VMT tax is that it would require some way to measure travel, creating the possibility that the government will use advanced technology to track the movements of every car and truck. Of course they will, if they have enough money. Under one scenario, automobile manufacturers would be required to install a GPS system, a black box, in every vehicle to measure miles traveled. The government would then track your vehicle by satellite to follow each vehicle's total travel and calculate the tax. Of course, you do know that they can now take control of your vehicles, those wonderful computerized things. Oh yeah, they, there's a back door to the for cops. They can completely drive your vehicle and take it over. So, yeah, they're going to be tracking you, all right. And if they, they're looking for you, they don't like you, you didn't pay your tax, I bet your car shuts off all of a sudden. That's a really good point. That's a really, really good point. <laughs> Boom. You don't have it. Just like what they did with um, the SWAT team, with the woman that didn't pay her utility bills. The same thing. Yeah, I, I can't quite figure that out. <laughs> You don't. You, you can't pay your utility bills. You sent a SWAT team. And nobody killed anybody. But that's the overuse of the SWAT team in this country. Call them what you are. They all have different names. They're all the same thing. Paramilitary specialists is what they are. Not cops. They they they're the ones that go into no knock warrants, bust the door down, and shoot your dog. I'm sorry. I can't defend police officers that shoot dogs N no anyway um are we ready for this in fact the government's own studies such as the one by university of iowa public policy center concluded that people might not be ready to give up their privacy rights and submit to a vehicle tracking system. A long phased in period was recommended. It's sort of like all those cameras everywhere. I'm so glad I live where I live because they don't have money to put up cameras. But you know, all these, all these big cities, they got cameras everywhere. I bet Detroit has cameras everywhere. They got no people left, but I bet they got cameras. Because <laughs> you got to know where everybody is at any given moment, at every given time, and every given day. Because we all know that that's privacy. Well, again, and Hollywood is making sure that we accept this practice by showing how wonderful the cameras are on all the cop shows, which is a bazillion now, finding the bad guys. And in reality, they, well, they, they are for finding. They are <clears throat> good for catching people after the fact. Not, it's not like, oh, look, there's a, there's a robbery going on and all of a sudden cops show up. Doesn't work that way. <laughs> and they still have the same problem with uh, response times, etc. And so, again, mostly what it's used for is evidence gathering to either uh, help find the perpetrator or help put him behind bars. Does doesn't save your life or stop you from being raped or anything. Well, and the but you, uh, the good thing to note is if you're being, you know, when you're being raped, someone will be watching. 
in the Boston, it's a new porn, I guess. In the Boston bombing, not one single municipal camera caught anybody. It was private citizens who did. Cameras create more of a police state. That's all. It, that's all they do. And if you have an establishment and it's private, and you want to put a camera on it and tell everybody that you did. Go for no, it. No, you don't even have to tell me if the local laws don't require it. A lot of places, you don't have to tell people you're recording them. Uh, many states, you don't. I don't have any problems with being recorded. In, I assume I'm being recorded when I walk in a store. I, I automatically assume that there's security guards watching me. They have videotapes, all nine yards, right? You can see that. I know I have no privacy in a mall, for goodness sakes. When I walk into the local Albertsons, which is now Stokes, you walk in the front door, you see your picture on the camera. <laughs> There's a big TV right there. Why? And I fixed my hair in it. See? <laughs> oh, that's why. It's there instead of a mirror. <laughs> hey. I'm not going to fix my hair. I know somebody's watching. That's, why wouldn't you? Was it that I allowed to watch you fix your hair? There's a fu- fundamental tension between protecting privacy and providing auditability. <laughs> Privacy experts and small government advocates are alarmed at the potential for misuse and abuse that such a system would present. Wood, author of Technocracy Rising, says the system fits right in with other privacy-stealing tracking systems that have become ubiquitous in recent years, such as the license plate readers police use to scan every car tag passing by, and home smart meters hooked to into the smart grid okay we even in 10 years ago in little nothing town to base in montana they had the meters that they they could just drive by and you know it would tell on their computer what what the meter reader was never have to even stop the car so you in the more congested areas can guarantee this smart core the, the smart grid is very much real um, our license plates, I don't think, have the ability for police to scan anything because they would have told me. And, uh, besides, we have like old license plates and you get them for life. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't know how good the information on the plate would be 20 years down the road. No, I, I know we're getting toys too, uh, because, yeah, because of Obama and that stupid military thing. Yeah, we got bomb sniffing robots. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, so here you go. Obamacare is digitizing medical records, common cause data mining of students, non-academic attitudes, values, and beliefs, not to mention the NASA's tracking of cell phone calls and emails. The NSA. I'm sorry. I always say NASA for some reason. Wood sees the VMT scheme as just one more element of the coming technocracy which he describes in his book as a burgeoning scientific dictatorship by a self-appointed group of experts. These experts, or technocrats, see themselves as anointed elites using big data to manage and control everyone's use of energy. And how much of an energy allotment each person gets will ultimately be dependent upon their value to society, Wood says. Of course, it will be the technocrats who get to decide your value, and thus... The technocracy movement started in, what happened there, Susan? And thus, what was the rest of it? 
<laughs> I just copied and pasted. You, you've, you missed, missed the rest something. of the paragraph. <laughs> the technocracy movement started in the 1930s, but after World War II, it got mothballed after some of its original promoters at Columbia University fell into disrepute. The progs always do. But the modern godfather of the movement, the man credited with resuscitating technocracy and bringing it back from the grave, is... No, not Al Gore. I don't even know how to say this. Zbigniew? Brzezinski. I know that name. That one. Zbigniew. Brzezinski. While teaching at Columbia, Brzezinski wrote the book Between Two Ages, America's Role in the Technotronic Era, which was all about the need for an elite group of enlightened professionals to manage an increasingly chaotic world economy, using technology as their main tool of control. It was Brzezinski's book that caught the attention of global banker David Rockefeller, and the two men co-founded the Trilateral Commission in 1973. The TC would become the main vehicle of change working to implement the technocracy, according to Wood's research. Brzezinski was open about his desire to create a new international economic order. Viewed in a bubble, the VMT may be just one mildly disturbing change in the way motorists are charged for keeping America's transportation system up to date. Um, I, I, you know, it, this may sound horrible. I, I would prefer this to toll roads. Unless you could go through the tolls at highway speeds. Because all tolls do is slow everybody down. And it causes you to use more gas. So that's not good. But if you could have that electronic thing and just whiz by there, that'd be okay. If you were willing to say... I'm willing to give up my privacy to have this pass hanging in my windshield so I could just drive on through and not even slow down. That's fine. You made a choice. I don't like it when we don't have choices. But viewed in the context of the rising technocratic dictatorship, Wood believes it should be sending off alarm bells. Just as the implementation of the smart grid should have alarmed Americans, but found most of them accept it with a yawn. Most of us don't even know it exists. The last time I reported on it, there wasn't a smart grid. They wanted one. Yeah, that's that's the last I heard, too. Now, all of a sudden, they, they, they have it. We, we didn't yawn at it. I remember being a little ticked off. The ultimate goal, as one sees it, is to replace the free enterprise system with a new centrally planned economic order based on energy credits and carbon footprints. Okay, clarity here. He obviously doesn't understand that we already have a centrally planned economy. That's what the Fed does by manipulating uh, interest rates and printing and or destroying money. It's manipulation of we the people because that's what the economy is. So he's acting like this would be something new, centrally planned economic. We already had, we've had it my whole life. What are you talking about? Kinsey and economics is centrally planned economics. But he could have just said, but this one will be based on energy credits and carbon footprints. See, now that would have made sense. 
There's a group of people operating within our federal government who are hardcore technocrats. In the same sense that in the 1940s and 50s we had hardcore communists. Alger Hiss and those types, he said. Would identify some of the leading technocrats in the federal government under President Caesar Broxopominus as John Podesto, the author of his climate change policy, and now the chairman of Hillary Clinton's campaign. Susan Rice is National Security Advisor. Michael Froman his chief trade negotiator, and Ashton Carter, his secretary of defense. All are members of the Trilateral Commission. The technocracy movement sees societies evolving from one order to the next. The religious-based order is the lowest form of organized civilization, as described in Brzezinski's book, Between Two Ages. From there, a civilization will evolve into a more nationalistic and capitalistic system, followed by Marxism, and finally, the highest form, which is the technocracy. All right. First of all, this <laughs> idiot just called Marxism <laughs> a higher form of, cap- of, <laughs> of economy than capitalists. Yeah. What bunch of crap. Let me know when we have a capitalist country, okay? Because this isn't it. This isn't capitalism. This this is mixed socialism and crony capitalism. It's just, it's hard. It's just hard. Our republic's gone. But this shows you the mindset of how bad a technocracy must be because Marxism is better than capitalism. And then finally, the highest form is technocracy. So if it, if the direction they're going from capitalism to Marxism is telling, then the, then the lowest form of government is going to be the technocracy. Just like the progressive movement isn't progressing us anywhere, it's regressing us. They turned it totally they, around. They always use misleading terms. If they told you they were going to enslave you, would you would you let them? Well, I hate to break it to you, you're letting them. Pope Francis, uh, now a confirmed Marxist, in his recent encyclical on environment, spoke repeatedly of technocracy and the globalization of the technocratic paradigm. Wow. How old is he? He's not one of those old hippies, is he? (laughs) Now he's Pope? Was he a socialist revolutionary before becoming a a clergyman? Uh, He still seems like a revolutionary to me. And I can keep his mouth shut as far as I'm concerned because he doesn't have anything to do with my life. I'm not part of the Roman Catholic Church, and so he can kiss my backside. I know everybody thinks that if you're Christian, you think the Pope is your leader. That's nonsense. In fact, many of the sects in Christianity refer to Catholicism as papists. They they call them papists. It's because they listen to a Pope, a king, a, a spiritual ruler that they believe is hogwash. I'm just telling you the way it is. I know, I've studied all of them, so. All right, the globalization paradigm. Where did he learn such words? Woods asked. Likely it was from his chief science advisor, Hans Schellnhuber. Are the Nazis coming back? An atheist and a pantheist who believes in Gaia or Mother Earth as a living, self-aware organism who is plenty upset with selfish, over-consuming humans who live on its surface. 
He's getting advice from an atheist. Now I understand why they think the Constitution is living and breathing. They think the Earth is sentient. And I do have to... <laughs> we do tear down other hosts, but I have to give credit to Michael Savage. He brought this up like last week. As soon as the as soon as the Pope opened his mouth, he was on it. He was like, "Do you know who he's getting no, advice from?" No, I don't try and cut down other people's shows. What are you talking about? Well, you just, <laughs> you just I was corrected. mad about something. He all well, I was he was historically incorrect while he was actually being rather pompous about it, which kind of pissed me off. Anyway. The same ideology permeates the governments of the EU and the U.S., he said. What, I, I obviously listened to the man, so I mean, <laughs> I just got pissed off when he was declaring that he was superior in his knowledge of the fact that it was all about, you know, paying money on whiskey. That's why we tax on whiskey. We went, <laughs> I'm sorry, it, it, <laughs> That, that's a pet peeve of mine, sorry. Anyway, um, back to this. The same ideology permeates the governments of the EU and US, he said. We have those in our government today that are dedicated to creating a system of technocracy that they will run, Wood said. It's a replacement economic system, and it has very specific requirements. Wood said the 1932 novel Brave New World by... Aldous Huxley, was based on a vision of what the technocratic era would look like in the future. He saw this was where things were heading back in 1932, and he drew his information from the technocracy movement, he said. Orwell was also influenced by the technocracy in 1984. By the confirmation of Wood that his book, Technocracy Rising, hit a home run in its predictions of a new global economic system came just two months after the book went to print. The confirmation came from Christiana Frigaris, head of the UN Framework for Climate Change, during a February 3rd press conference. Two months after I printed the book, in which I said they were trying to replace the capitalist model with a new economic model based on energy credits. Yes, but what you don't understand is the goal is socialism, and the goal of socialism is communism. You see, sometimes you just, you catch on to something that you, you, you don't get the rest of it. But, uh, this is, this is not, the, the IPCC, the job was global socialism. This is not going to be a technocracy. They'll use whatever they can to monitor us, enslave us, whatever. But it is, get, make no, this is going to be communism. Totalitarian communism. All government seeks power. All government seeks power. It's our job to prevent it. Anyway, so he goes on to talk about uh, change the economic development model that has reigned for 150 years. Capitalism is not been around for... We have not had free markets in this country in the 20th or 21st centuries. She's saying capitalism is going to be murdered. Free enterprise is going to be murdered, Wood said. So the question is, what are they going to replace it with? It's the green economy, sustainability. It's just warmed over technocracy from the 1930s. 
which is really just another form of socialism, centralized statism, right? Doesn't matter what you use to control the masses or to take power. What matters is what kind of government you are. Well, using technology, that's nothing against using technology in Marxism. Sorry, that doesn't make it unique. This is socialism, communism, global on a global scale, which is exactly what the IPC was, IPCC was created for. So stated its proud social founder. He was a socialist. He wanted a global socialist government. So that's what climate change is really all about. It's nonsense. It's all about they're using that. It's not with technocracy. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure it fits in there somehow, but they're just doing, using whatever they can to take our liberties away from. Them. That's the bottom line. You can gloss it over and call it anything you want. That's why I say left wing little progressive socialist commie fascist status bastards. Because, uh, you know, everyone's got, everyone's got a label. Everyone's got a hyphen. Every, I'm not that. I'm this. You're just, it's the same thing with a different name. Look, it's all statist tyranny. That's where we're going. That's where they want it to go. That's where it's headed. They know it. They just want to be the tyrants. See? The elites want to be the tyrants. Plato's Republic. Everyone thinks that's like some great book. Tried to, uh, tried to equate it to the United States of America. And the, I forget who the host was. It just slipped right by him. Like, it's nothing to do with America. It's, it's just funny how people have been taught like real things and then, and then taught to tag the wrong thing with it. I guess that's how they're rewriting history. Well, I should say they have rewrote history. They have completely deconstructed it. And on the other side, we're going to talk about even more aggravating stuff. Illegal aliens. This is the Uncooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. Socialists, you will be assimilated. Your individual liberties, personal freedoms, and mental individuality will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. Are payday loans ruining your life? Do you want control over your money again? If you have two or more payday loan cash advances, listen closely. You may be eligible for a program payday loan companies don't want you to know about. A program that may help get aggressive and unfair payday loan companies out of your bank account and get you back on track to financial freedom. Payday loan companies may trap you into paying outrageously high interest rates. And they take way too much of your hard-earned money every week. We understand their tactics and know how to keep them off your back. We'll fight hard to help you regain control of your money. If you have two or more payday loan cash advances, call right now for a free consultation. 877-314-2657. 877-314-2657.
Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800 764 That's 800-764-9168. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813 800-215-6813 This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Let's get a grip on immigration in the great United States. It's high time that they limit their numbers. It's high time to see close up that gate. Now can't you see how we are rapidly becoming another third world fascist state? Let's get a grip on immigration in these great United States. Okay, thank you, Don Clay, playing with the And of course, that means it's time for the illegal alien invasion report. Okay, thank you, Don Clay, playing with the And of course, that means it's time for the illegal alien invasion report. And it is an invasion. We have been reporting on this for years and years and years. We are being invaded. From WashingtonTimes.com. Oh, my. Goosed into action by an angry federal judge. Federal immigration authorities will go door to door demanding illegal immigrants, aliens, return the three-year amnesty approvals the Obama administration issued to them in defiance of a court order. 
Those who don't return their three-year permits will have them terminated at the end of this month. The National Immigrant Justice Center, one of the advocacy groups briefed on authorities' plans, said in a statement preparing immigrants, aliens, for what would be a traumatic encounter. They are literally, a federal judge literally is telling them that they have to give in to getting amnesty. No, 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 they have to give it up. They're going door to door and taking their work permits back. Pay, I, pay attention to okay, the story. Okay, I didn't get that. Listen to me, man. <laughs> I know I laid you long. Lucy. No, I wasn't doing that. You weren't doing the Lucy. No. All right. Uh, anyway, it says, goosed into action by an angry federal judge, the federal immigration authorities will go door to door demanding illegal aliens return the three-year amnesty approvals the Obamanist administration issued to them in defiance of a court order. The court told Obama, stop, and he kept doing it anyway. He ignored the court. That's what they're talking about. They're going to go door to door and take him back. Wow. Are you as confused as my wife here? She looks well, totally because lost. It says, the next one says the move comes as Homeland Security officials fed, fed up with the slow walking by the illegal immigrants are finally playing hardball after months of less forceful measures. What do you... So what? Just keep reading. I'm sorry. You cannot take... You're doing what people do with the Constitution now. That is a paragraph that comes after. It does not define what comes before, and you're reading things into it. Like, that's a standalone paragraph. I just read that they are going to go demanding that those approvals be turned over. And if they don't, at the end of the month, they're going to be canceled anyway. Did everybody else hear that? She's trying to reread it while I'm talking. It's really, why don't you just trust me? I'm 99.9% .9 right all the time. <laughs> All right, anyway. Uh, moves comes as Homeland Security, fed up with slow walking by illegal immigrant aliens, are finally playing hardball after months of less forceful message, mess, uh, messer, measures. I got a fuzzy tongue. I got to call it. There you go. They're scrambling to meet an end-of-the-month deadline set by Judge Andrew S. Hanen for recapturing... Thousands of three-year amnesties the department issued even after the court had entered an injunction halting the new amnesty program, as I explained. Right, Susan? So this is bad for Obama. Yeah, no, this is not what he wants. <laughs> no, this is the opposite of what he wants. Uh, because now, it, if they're going to do this, that that's a pushback. That Now, w w he can't do anything now. He, he waved his pen and they waved their, their gun and there you go, or their badge, whatever you want to say. And they won. You know what? And talk about people being confused. Sean Hannity had two sen two congressmen on his show today. They were talking about the sanctuary cities and uh -huh. they're going to go against the sanctuary cities because they're not listening to the federal government when it comes to immigration. 
Yeah, I know, but you don't really think Sean Hannity understands the Constitution, do you? No, he's, he's come do. Up, He started coming along, and then he just put the brakes on it. He just stopped it like he was. people were saying he was getting too radical or Neither something. Neither do these congressmen. And I'm, I, my head was going to explode because I was saying, look, the sanctuary cities are completely wrong, but not for the reasons that you're giving. Well, uh, did, well, Scalia said they rightly took the power unto themselves, and he's the conservative's god, right? He knows the Constitution better than anybody. Seems seems not. I quite a few decisions of his uh, actually do not flush with the Constitution. I'm just saying, be careful who you pick as your idols. I mean, everybody's flawed, even the founding fathers, but not to the extent that people wanted to be. Okay, so. Unless all the permits are recovered, Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson could personally have to appear in court to explain the fallout. Judge Hayden said in an order earlier, there's no fallout. That's, that was called arrogance. They didn't think you were going to do anything about it. What are they going to do? Take them back? I guarantee you somebody said that. And guess what? Yes, they're going to take it back. You know, that, that powerful government can go Two ways sometimes. You know, sometimes it works against the politicians. And sometimes it works for them. But the home visits also come at a tricky time when immigration is a heated issue and any contact by authorities can be scary for immigrants. They're illegal aliens. They should be scared. And I don't give a rat's behind how scared they are. I don't care if they pee their pants. Good. Then they won't be running. The USCIS home visits, unfortunately, will add to the mounting confusion and anxiety communities feel as they await a resolution in the executive action case. But individuals should know it is critical to comply with requests to exchange their work permits, whether they receive a letter or visit at their homes. Vanessa Asparaza Hyphen Lopez, supervising attorney for the National Immigrant Justice Center's Legal Defense Project, said in a statement. Wow, that was a whole lot of words. In a new fact sheet, USCIS raised the number of erroneous employment authorization documents, or EADs, it approved from about 2,500 to 2,600, the third time it's boosted that estimate. They're only estimates, which means they're off. They have clueless. They have no idea. I know. For the last 10 years, there's been... 10 to 12 illegal aliens in this country. Not one more. In 10 years, not one more. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you know, you know, it's a talking point when you've been saying the same thing for 10 years. And you, you can't possibly say it for 10 years because things are changing every day. They're coming every day. We're told they're coming every day. Yet there are no more of them here. That's sort of like the elite, that's sort of like the people that are out of work that they don't count, they dropped off the rolls, right? This is like a not counting kind of Ma- new administration. Common core math. Yeah, this is, this is beyond, uh, fuzzy math there. Anyway, uh, USCS is careful tracking the number of returns of these invalid EADs and continues to take steps to collect the remaining cards the agency set. The amnesty was supposed to be the crowning achievement in President Obama's immigration policy. You can't have your own immigration policy, sir, but 
to be fair, the legislative branch stole that power from the states first. So I guess all fairs and steelies and stuff. <sighs> Instead, it's been his big headache. Exposing bureaucratic bungling and getting the president and his top aides ensnared in a complex court case that's not gone his way. Mr. Caesar Proxabominus had been trying to expand his 2012 amnesty, which granted two-year tentative legal status and work permits to so-called dreamers. Under his new plan, the amnesty would last for three years and would apply to millions of illegal immigrant parents. The Dreamers were allowed to apply for three-year permits soon after the November 2020-14 announcement, while parents were to begin applying this May. But Judge Hayden, in a case brought by Texas and 25 other states, ruled that Mr. Caesar Brock's Abominus likely broke the law in forming his amnesty. You think? <laughs> likely? <laughs> How about open and shut? This man has broken so many laws. It makes my head hurt. Likely, my goodness. Not even close to not being so. The judge issued an injunction halting it on February the 16th and thought he'd nip the entire program. Several weeks later, however, administration lawyers admitted they'd been approving applications beginning in November and that more than 100,000 dreamers had been granted three-year status. Worse yet, the administration has twice come back to Judge Hayden and reported that thousands more approvals were sent even after the February 16 injunction, a clear violation of the court order. He's, you know, I don't care who the judge is. Judges do not like when you don't do what they tell you to do. And I know I don't like judges, but I'm saying that flips both ways sometimes. This, this is coming on the wrong. He's on the wrong end of this one, Obama, and uh, he's not liking it. But, uh, you know, court, you just can't ignore a court order unless you know, unless, of course, you really were a constitutional oh, you, attorney, and then you would know you didn't have to listen to the federal courts. You mean he's not above the law? Who's that? Obamanus? Obama. Well, I don't know. So far, no one threw him in jail yet. And if he doesn't, have, if he doesn't go to jail, there is no justice. The, the black people could claim that all they want. I say... I say there's black privilege in, the, in America, and I'm tired of it. What, you don't think there's black? That's ridiculous, right? Affirmative action. That's real privilege. You don't have to, You can be stupider. You can be slower and weaker, and you'll get the job just because you're a minority over somebody that could do, actually perform and do the job. That's not a privilege class? Sounds privileged to me. I sure to like those extra points on my fire department test. Yeah, there's lots of people don't know when they when this talk when this comes up because it doesn't affect their lives. Uh, I imagine most people in Montana don't think about it, but it, being a medic in New York City, oh, I was ingrained in all this nonsense. In a document filed late last week, the administration said it had recaptured fewer than 1,200 of the initial 2,100 wrongful amnesties. And in a stunning admission, I don't think it's stunning, lawyers said they discovered another 500 amnesties they hadn't known about before that also were sent after the February 16 injunction, which it just it pisses this judge off to no, no end. 
this is going to be bad. I don't know what kind of power this judge has, really. Uh, none, really. But, I mean, I don't know in this imperfect, wacky system what he's got. Maybe he could really mess up their day. If he could stall their agenda, yeah, it, 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 that might call for his impeachment, huh? We might see an impeachment trial after all for Judge Hayden. Yeah, I, I bet even the elite rhino Republicans would be all right on board with that. The governor fully appreciates the urgency of the situation and is proceeding with expedited rep remediation. The administration's lawyers promised Judge Hayden. First of all, none of that sounds like something the government could be. Urgency? Government never moves fast, so it's it's kind of stupid. And expedited remediation, it's never been my my experience with government that I ever got anything expedited, let alone remediation. The three-year permits have already been canceled in the government's own computer systems and have been changed to two-year authorizations, the lawyers said. But Judge Aiden seemed miffed that the government was has not yet collected all of the erroneous amnesties, saying he detected a cavalier attitude from the government about its bungle. Yeah, of course they're blowing blue smoke up your robes, Judge. The government has conceded that it has directly violated this court's order in its May 7, 2015 advisory. Yet as today, two months have passed since the advisory, and it has not been remediated, its own violative behavior, the judge wrote. That is unacceptable, and as far as the government's attorneys are concerned, completely unprofessional. He said in August 19 hearing and said unless the government can fix things by July 31st, each of the defendants named in the case, Mr. Johnson and his top lieutenants in the immigration agencies, would have to appear to explain themselves. Otherwise, the court intends to utilize all available powers to compel compliance, Judge Heading wrote. So I, they're eating their own. That's nasty talk. <laughs> that's That's nasty judicial talk right there. They're eating their own. This is a complete and utter mess. Yet those this people are what, still here. And this is what the problem is. Yet those is people are still They went and picked the permits up and took them. Did they take the persons? No. They're still here. Nothing solved. Nothing solved. That's why everyone that ever has a plan that says they stay here, jump through a bunch of hoops, and then get to the back of the figurative line to be citizens but not actually leaving the country is BS. The prize is staying in the country, period. They don't get to stay. End of conversation. Enforce the laws. Deport them, period. Yes, we can We can deport more than 10 million. We can. I've already done the calculations. In 20 years, we can get rid of 40 million. As long as we seal the border from them getting back in, that's it. Just a matter of time. That's just common sense, really. You gotta, you gotta know. Eventually, we we get them all, or, or statistically significantly them all. But that's not what they want. They're bringing them in here. I mean, they're literally going down to Central America and pick, and having them come up here. The the administration did ask them to send their people up here and nobody's talking about that all those pieces of crap from central america 
Did you see them so-called youths? Uh, wouldn't want to live next door to them. And you might be. Especially now that he's coming after suburbia. Suburbia is too white. If you're, if you ain't got no brown folk in your neighborhood, we're gonna put some poor brown folk in your neighborhood. Not, you know, not hardworking people that can actually afford the house. We're, we're gonna put welfare people in your neighborhood. What could go wrong? This is, this is a blatant attack on white middle class America. Who are we to live in a nice neighborhood? Well, I don't know. We're the ones paying for the people on welfare to live anywhere. What gives them a right to live in a nice neighborhood? None. That's what. Oh, I was such a meanie. I'm a hater. <clears throat> you live through what they did to New York with these idiotic projects, and then you come back and talk to me. All right, brother? From World Net Daily, <clears throat> the major of Kansas City, Kansas, the mayor, I said major, the mayor of Kansas City, Kansas, Excuse me. In an address to the radical socialist organization, National Council of Raraza, bragged that his city is no longer majority white. And the city schools now have students who speak 62 different languages. I have a question. It's okay for them to keep saying brown power and, you know, bragging the city is no longer majority white. Could you imagine if white people said this, what would happen? This is ridiculous. I'm sorry. Racism is racism. Bigotry is bigotry. I don't care what your skin color is. You don't get a pass. Anyway, 62 different languages. That's something to be a, that's just something to be so proud of. I tell you, what was it? Was it uh, it's, uh, it's even biblical. 62 different, that's almost the Tower of Babel. I forget how many languages it was back then. <laughs> 62 to, uh, everybody needs to learn the one, one, they're in America, they learn English. Uh, in other countries, they go out of their way to find a way to learn English because they know that's the, that's the language of currency of success. And in our own country, we'll let people sit here and live off us like parasites and speak their own language and not speak ours and make us learn their language so we can interact with them? Really? This is a wonderful world we live in. According to uh, <clears throat> the 2010 U.S. Census, Kansas City, Kansas was 52% white. But in a speech before the La Raza National Affiliates luncheon earlier this week in Kansas City, Mayor Mark Holland boasted that only five years later, his city's white population has been reduced to 40%. Uh, that is just, you see, that was a goal. Can, are we allowed to say that? You know, I boasted that, you know, we got rid of a bunch of those blackies from our neighborhood. That's what it sounds like to me. Only it's just white instead of black. It's the same thing. We just got rid of Whitey. Heartbreak. Gotta go. So go out video show you stay tuned, Chris. We'll be right back. The Terry O'Brien Show. The Terry O'Brien Show airs live in Vivid Red Light News, Sundays, 4 to 6 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio. I think that most liberals are well-intentioned but misguided. 
They're like children who have the luxury of believing in the political equivalent of the tooth fairy. They need some tough love. They need a big old healthy dose of common sense and information. And when they get it, the smart ones will become conservative. Strap in for the wild ride with America's original conservative warrior princess. She'll be all right for a while. For a while, she can smile until Barack comes back and she goes on the attack and it doesn't work. Oh, hell! You know I taught her well. You couldn't tell that she fakes crying. You use my middle name, what a nasty campaign. I'm not ashamed of my middle name. It rhymes with change, by her reign and John Wayne. I'm the next JFK, but just call me. B.O. today, can you refrain from using my middle name? Now let me explain, it causes Oprah stress and strain. I believe we can collectively come together and change. James Ham Sandwich Rule. If you're in the country illegally, you are entitled to a well-prepared and frankly delicious ham sandwich, followed by a helpful boot in the ass to assist you in exiting the country. As always, a fizzy soda of your choice is optional. Coming soon, John McCain and Lindsey Graham star in the tender sequel to Brokeback Mountain, Return to Saddles or Canyon. You know, Lindsey... You spend a few days out on the campaign trail, away from all the other Republicans, with nothing but your horse, the press, and a few thousand sheep to lead. Well, it makes a man think different, feel different. You know what I mean? You want another back rub? Sure. Then we'll make s'mores. King Samir Shabazz is the new Black Panther Party's Philadelphia leader. This new Panther version of Black Power does not include white participation. I hate white people. All of them. Every last iota of a cracker, I hate it. We didn't come out here to play today. There's too much serious business going on in the black community to be out here sliding through South Street with white, dirty, cracker whore on our arm and we call ourselves black men with African garb on. What the hell is wrong with you, black man? You had a doom day with a white girl on your damn arm. You want freedom? You're going to have to kill some crackers. You're going to have to kill some of their babies. But the private sector is doing fine. President Obama's promise to get national unemployment under 8% has not yet been realized. 40 consecutive months of 8% unemployment or more. Uh, the private sector is doing fine. The recovery has kind of slowed down. You can see that in our jobs numbers. Uh, the private sector is doing fine. It's the weakest recovery we've ever had. Uh, the private sector is doing fine. 
This is Jeff Carlisi from the band 38 Special. On behalf of all my conservative rocker friends, I'd like to thank the brave members of our fine armed forces for putting their lives on the line every day to protect our liberty. Thank you. Do you know a soldier in need of an angel? Would you like to be an angel to a soldier in need? Then you should visit www.soldiersangels.org. Since 2003, Soldiers Angels has supported thousands of American service members stationed wherever we raise our country's flag, and the number is growing daily. They also work with our wounded soldiers, giving them backpacks filled with needed items, personal visits, phone calls, etc. Additionally, they send our thanks via letters and email to the military of Great Britain, Poland, and Australia, who serve by our soldiers' side in Iraq. Soldiers' Angels are dedicated to ensuring that our military know they are loved and supported during and after their deployment into harm's way. So sign up to be an angel today, or send an angel to a soldier in need. Visit www.soldiersangels.org. This has been a public service announcement from the Uncooperative Radio Show. the Grover Radio Show. What have we here? Back to the craziness. He- what is up with Missouri? What the- is going on with that state? There's, they have, it, their cities now have inner cities. Their suburbs are like inner cities. Right? Bunch of poor black folk, most of them on welfare. Missouri was a really proud state. Yeah, I'm sure it still is, but the big cities, all of them are, are cancer ridden with Welfare recipients. And that's just the way it is. Anyway, um, to move on from the racist who thinks we're racist, he seemed to suggest that LaRaza was at least partly responsible for the progress. <laughs> progress. <clears throat> but he also cited the refugee resettlement work of the United Nations and U.S. State Department for the city's transformation into a gleaming example of multicultural diversity. Can you say... And that just answered your question. Boom? Boom? Yeah. When they blow up because of the illegal aliens being fuzzy muzzies? He thanked the United Nations and the United States Department. What and are they the U.S. Doing? State Department. Right. What are they doing? They're bringing in fuzzy Oh, they said refugee resettlement work. Yeah, I understand. They ever since uh, ever since Edward Kennedy got his way, uh, he their the immigration policy in this country has been to brown it up. In other words, and and they don't care about you know whether you're going to work or live off welfare. They just didn't care. So they bring people in here that of no value, nothing to bring to our country, just a drain on our country. They've been doing it since the 70s. Yeah, but these people are terrorists now. They're Muslims. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I know, but it was it. the whole notion was wrong to begin with. It has to end, and now it's insane. We don't need to bring one Muslim into this country. As a matter of fact, we should start working on deporting them. Nope, I don't. Nope, no such thing as a trustworthy muzzy. 
absolutely impossible. If you do, good for you. That you have faith in something then because you can't trust the buzzy because he's told to lie to you. Mm-mm-mm. I'm a hater. You're a racist bastard. That's who. Kansas City, he said, is very proud of the work of National Council of La Raza, which stands for the race, by the way, which was really amusing when I watched them say on TV that that wasn't what their name meant, that we're stupid gringos and we don't know what we're talking about. That's exactly what it means. You can even look it up in a Spanish dictionary. I did, just to make sure. And yes, they they call themselves the race, and they're the ones screaming brown power, and they us Europeans need to go home. I, I guess we could do that, but then what would happen to look what happened in Africa? Think about it. Kansas City, Kansas is a city with no ethnic majority. Kansas City, Kansas is forty percent white, twenty eight percent Latino, twenty six percent African American. No such thing. Holland said. Our school districts speak 62 different languages by the children every single day. And Kansas City, Kansas has a proud heritage of becoming welcoming all people into the community, people who are not welcome into other places. And if I when did you, that happen to Missouri? I know. And if I were you, uh, Kansas City residents, I would be screaming either at him, having him fired, or running away. The city is already taken over by the minority, Susan. Yeah, white people need to go. Find I, someplace else. But that's they, what happens. We do. And then and we then leave behind, and what is it? It turns, it turns into a slum. Yeah, exactly. Let it do. Go for it. And they call it degentrification, just so you know. Latinos started coming. Yeah, you know, Kansas isn't exactly a hub of immigration. Uh, think about it in the old days. They're trying to say, oh, you're belong heritage. How? No. You're sandwiched in the middle of the United States of America. How could, why would they be going to Kansas? No, New York was the hub for just about everything. <laughs> Except California, I think, uh, for a while with Chinese, but yeah, I think we've, I think we had everything in New York. I, any kind of culture there was, it was there somewhere. Well, now, now I understand why but they all spoke English. When we do our ping for our internet, it says Gonzalez, Kansas City. Or Gonzalez in Missouri with an S. You asked me that. It was, does it have a Z or an S? I said an S. Uh, yeah. Okay. I said, why is there a Spanish name in Missouri? This is why. This is why. It's probably a suburb and, of Kansas City. And, and one of the things they do, too, is they start naming things for minorities to shut them up. It's the most infuriating thing in the world. Come back to work, have to be an injured, go to the city, and they've renamed all the roads. I have no idea where I am. I'm like, what? Which, what happened to, where's 8th? What? That's now the avenue of, I don't know, whatever. It would always be some, uh, black American name. But it's confusing. And especially since I still had the map that they gave me when I started. So it had the old names in it. It didn't do me any good at all. But, you know, it makes them feel good. It, Change names so they feel more part of our world. They could just shut shut up, go to work, raise their kids like the rest of us. Or here, if you're illegal, go the hell home. Yeah, well, le illegal people should end up behind bars. 
Anyway, so Latinos started to come coming with the Santa Fe Railroad more than 100 years ago to build the railroad, he said. I don't remember them using Mexicans to build the railroad. Yeah, just like ba- Obama says one of the first uh, churches here in during the colonial times was a mosque. Now, that was the only freaking religion that never stepped foot on the United States of America during colonial times. We had Jewish what? people here. Muslims. Oh, Islam? No, they were ensconced over there in the Middle East. And, uh, yes. They we, were the Barbary pirates that we, we went to war them. with. Yes. We, we fought two wars initially in history. And, but you can argue that we've now fought a number of more wars with the same fuzzy muzzies in the same place, the Middle East, North Africa. Yep. Keep going back to muzzies, but they never go away, by the way. I don't understand how what people see in that disgusting so-called religion. Anyway, um, he said another railroad, the Underground Railroad, brought African Americans to Kansas. Well, that's true. <clears throat> if they could get access uh, across the river, they were free and settled in a township of Quendero. And yes, and that was ex- actually one of the reasons the South seceded. I know, it sounds wonderful. Flouting federal slave laws, right? You ha- you know, you can't declare them free. You have to return them. It clearly says so. It's like in the, uh, in the Slave Act. But the federal government refused to enforce it on the states. So they said, the heck with this, and they seceded. And yes, there were a whole bunch of pressures, pressure points besides that, but that was the last straw. They said, well, if we're not, if, if you're not even going to enforce the rule of law, then we're out of here. We're supposed to be, they were right. We're supposed to be a nation of laws, not of, of desires, not of man's emotions, but of law. And the law said he had a right to his property and you had an obligation to return it. Simple as could be. You could take moral high ground all you want, but do know they contributed to that war happening and killed hundreds of thousands of people. I think if we would have just stopped the nonsense and played nice, it was going to go bye-bye soon as Eli Whitney's machine was proven to be effective. That was the purpose of the cotton gin was to free the slaves. It was going to happen anyway. There's too many people in America that never liked it. Christi- it goes against Christianity. And they, they were always against it. They had to make a decision and, you know, either join together and form a nation or fall and stay, you know, fall to the British. They decided to <clears throat> make the best deal they could, and they did. And in the Constitution, they built a framework into which they would end slavery. It was always intended to happen. Again, this is a good example. Take your damn communities back. This guy should never even be in office. You should be screaming at the, uh, what do they call them, city councils. What do you mean you're taking these people in my city? Maybe the majority of them now agree with him. Unbelievable. You're killing us. You're killing us and you're killing yourselves, folks. You are. And if something goes bad, guess what? You deserve it. It's going to go bad because, listen to this, in recent years, the city has welcomed more refugees from other parts of the world, including Muslim Somalia. Now you can stop right there. They're in trouble. Afghanistan and Iraq 
Hindus from Bhutan, and Buddhists and Muslims from Burma. You don't have to worry about the Buddhists. It's the Muslims you have to worry about. Well, and the Muslims hate the Buddhists. And what? hate us. Muslim hates everybody. There's only Islam. There is no other religion. Don't you listen. No religion. There's only... We're, we talk gibberish when we talk about anything but Islam. So, uh, good. I'm, I'm glad you're happy. I, I hope you enjoy Sharia Lhasa. From the ass-oceated press, using materials prepared by inmates in Hungarian prisons, 900 soldiers will build a fence along Hungary's border with Serbia by December to stem the torrent of migrants, officials said Thursday. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're being beat by Serbia or Hungary? I know. Hungary? <laughs> we, it's impossible to build a wall. Hungary, can, they can build a wall. Israel can build walls. We can't. Why? The, supposedly the greatest nation in the world. Why can't we build an efficient wall? What what is the problem? It's because people don't want that wall. They they it's the opposite direction they want this country to go. They don't like nationalism. Therefore, they like open borders. They don't like the United States of America. They like uh, everybody gets to go and come and flow. And by the way, the libertarians have bought into that concept too. It's a nice little dance. Uh, that's why the Libertarian Party is not my party. I knew you would like this one. I, I wasn't going to get a, a third one, but I when I saw this, no one's talking about it. And he does a cult show, so he never knows what he's going to get. Yes, Hungary's building a freaking wall. And why? To stem the tide of torrent of immigrants, uh, migrants like we have, right? A project critics are comparing to communist era barriers like the Berlin Wall, like they do over here. We talk about it. About French, France has a wall. Have you ever heard any bad talk? Why do progs like France so much? It sucks. It seems I like the French people an awful lot. <laughs> they built a wall to stop the muzzy black ute from from flowing into their country. Nobody said they could. They were horrible for doing that. You know what? It's an old saying: "Good fences make good neighbors." I've learned that the hard way. Hungary says it has a duty to protect itself and the rest of the 28-nation European Union from the unprecedented number of people, now often more than a 1,000 a day, arriving on foot through routes through the Balkans. Work on the 4-meter, 13-foot high fence will take place at 10 to 20 locations simultaneously, along the 175-kilometer, 109-mile border. Defense Minister Saba Hendi said Thursday, near the southern town of Marahalom, where a sample select section of the fence is being built to experiment with different building materials and techniques. Now, I've said this before. Look, they're saying that they have an obligation not only to protect themselves, but to protect the other countries around them. Just like our southern states have an obligation not only to protect themselves, to protect us as well. Right. They have the right attitude. The Hungarian Defense Force is ready to complete this task, he declared, as soldiers wrestled with barbed wire and metal posts. Interior Minister Sandar Pinder 
said defense is the only immediate solution Hungary could find to stop the flow of migrants, which stands at 81,300 already this year. Inmates in Hungarian prisons are already assembling the basic elements of the fence, and workers in a government job scheme could help if needed, he said. Serbian President Tomislav Nikolic on Thursday called the move to build the fence an unfortunate decision by Hungary. Others from Serbia, a candidate for EU membership, have been more empathetic. We are absolutely and fiercely against their decision to build a fence, Serbian Foreign Minister Evika Dakik said last month. I thought the Berlin Wall has fallen, but now new walls are being constructed. Yes, that was a wall uh, dissecting t- uh, one country in two, sir. Not your country from someone else's country. Yes, and I understand walls could be used to keep people in as well. I can't think of a better place to run to yet, so I'm not worried about it. While the EU acknowledges Hungary's right to apply its own border management system, Dimitris Avramopoulos, 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 what a name, the EU Commissioner for Migration says unilateral steps like defense are not the answer. I know, because you don't want to stop it. What do you mean unilateral steps? It's their border. Defense will only shift the problem to the next neighboring country, and then they can build a fence. <laughs> and it will not solve it, Avramopoulos said. On Thursday, Janos Laser, head of the Prime Minister's office, said Hungary will seek to make illegal border crossing a crime as opposed to a minor offense. This is a clear message to human traffickers, Lazar said. It will be much more difficult, expensive, and risky to head toward Hungary. He also said Hungary is going to set up temporary tent camps in rural areas to accommodate the large number of asylum seekers and will seek to close down its regular migrant housing. Prime Minister Viktor Orban says Hungary does not want any migrants from outside Europe. But over the past months, 80% of the refugees requesting asylum in Hungary have come from war-torn countries like Syria, Iraq, and Afghanistan. Most leave within days to richer EU countries like Germany before their asylum claims are settled. The government's anti-immigrant billboard campaign and a questionnaire sent to voters linking migration with terrorism have been criticized by the UN's refugee agency, among others. Yes, they are going to spread the filth around, whether you like it or not, everywhere. I don't say that lightly. I'm talking about, they. that is what they're doing. This has nothing to do with skin color. It does for them. But no, this is filth that we're spreading around. This is purposely, I. it's that, the way I told you, it's the two glasses with the water again. You, you have to tear us down to bring them up. So now he's, this guy's going to put welfare people in neighborhoods that don't have enough people of color and enough of the poor, you know, the lower bracket of the tax brackets there, the poor. 
the welfare, the the problem. The, the answer is to bring it to every neighborhood. No, the answer is to get rid of the programs. Uh, this is this this president. We get a we don't do the next one right. We're in trouble. Anyway, uh, seem to have done among others. Uh, the UN doesn't love them. Oh well, boohoo. Hmm. States' rights. Oh, that's a new new topic there. This is from cnsnews.com. Indiana Governor Mike Pence said that Indiana will not comply with the Environmental Protection Agency's proposed regulations that would, for the first time, limit carbon dioxide emissions from existing power plants. The draft regulations, known as the Clean Power Plan, man. No, I added that. Clean Power Plan must be strenuously opposed, Pence said characterizing them as a very serious threat to the economic well-being of residents and businesses in Indiana who rely on coal-burning power plants for 84% of their electricity. Pence is one of the handful of Republican governors who are refusing to go along with the clean power plant. One of the centerpieces of President Cesar Bragas Obama's climate change agenda. Now, we're going to urge everybody to urge. do... Three, three things. I urge you. First, pass this along. If you think there ought to be a law, you put a rubber band around. If you're left-handed on your right wrist, if you're right-handed on your left wrist, and every time you think there should be a law, you snap it. The bigger the rubber band, the best. Now, number two, just say no. No to government. Just say no. Number three, Say, I will not comply. I will not comply. The plan sets state targets to reduce carbon dioxide emissions from existing power plants, because obviously they hate green things, in order to comply with Obama's pledge to cut CO2 emissions nationwide 28% by 2025. You don't get to make pledges like that. You're not king. Oh, right. You're Caesar. I forgot. It gives states one year to submit a state implementation plan before having one imposed on them by EPA. We think the stakes are very high here for Hoosiers ratepayers, Pence said, during a conference call with reporters last week hosted by the American Energy Alliance, which opposes the plan. Indiana is the number one or number two most dependent states on coal-burning power plants for our electricity. We have one of the most dynamic manufacturing economies in the country, and it is our judgment that this rule, as drafted, would be very harmful to the vitality of our economy, and more importantly, to working families in Indiana and ratepayers across our state. It's amazing how we come together when it's about money. Will you explain to the folks... These idiots that are driving around in electric cars and Priuses, where are they going to get the electricity? Well, that's where why, does it come that, from? They'll say that's why they're getting rid of the coal fire plants. You see, where are they going to get it from? They're still going to get it from a power plant, obviously. The question, and it's going to increase the output of the plants, obviously, and it's going to put a bigger drawing on the grid, which already is inadequate. I mean, I go, on electric cars, just, there's, it's no good reason to do it. There's just no good reason to do it. All right. Um, 
Indiana, yeah, number one. Yeah, I gotta tell you, boy, look how they start coming together now. Uh, you know, you could start going against Obama now because he's gonna say, "Oh, I'm gonna withhold blah 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 funds," but he's willing now. Now he's like, uh, he's willing to do that because he, this is gonna cost them more to to comply with this. This is this is no good, and and it would be political suicide for him to be part of it anyway. Of well, course, and, and the two congressmen that I was talking about on Hannity's, that's the first thing they said. Our bills are going to withhold money from federal money from the sanctuary cities. I'm like, again, unconstitutional. You're idiots. Yes, the money they're already getting is unconstitutional. So you're supposed to withhold it. It's all about... And, and again, this is their mindset, Brian. They're, they've been in the game so long and do not know the Constitution at all. Well, the Constitution doesn't apply. Why learn that, the Constitution? That's their, they, well, this is what we'll do. We just threaten them like we always did. And that's how the states comply with us. Right. Worked with us with the speed limit law now, didn't it? Well, not me, but the state of Montana. It's all about protecting ratepayers in Indiana, Pence explained. Yes, it, it, we, we get it. You're a politician playing politics. Good. Sometimes that works in our favor. This is that time. But it's rare. We're very fortunate right now that Indiana is on the cusp of record employment, and our state economy has tremendous momentum. But one of the advantages in our economy has always been the affordability and reliability of electricity. And the fact that they're here in the state of Indiana, we get 84% of our electricity from coal-burning power plants. And so the effort by the administration in the proposed rule that I wrote to the EPA administrator, Gina McCarthy, about as early as December of 2014 represents a genuine threat to the affordability of electricity. And it's a threat to the vitality of Indiana's economy and to similarly situated states. Now, you know, he did say under his uh, plan, our our energy costs would necessarily skyrocket, right? That's so you knew it was always his plan, right? No, you didn't listen. No. All right. Well, you know now. Don't vote for him again. <laughs> Brian really doesn't think there's going to be an election in 2016. <laughs> I just wonder how many people caught that, though. Do, 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 do. Well, 84%, huh? Let me be very clear, though. I believe the EPA's attempt to limit carbon dioxide emissions from existing power plants is ill-conceived. Ill, it's poorly constructed. But the core of our concern is that it's going to harm Hoosier families and Hoosier businesses, small and large. Electricity prices will invariably go up dramatically if this rule in its current form were put into effect. Just say no. Well, he is. Yeah, no, because it goes on that he's fully, uh, he is ready to go to court. Yes, well, he thinks that's what you're supposed to do. But even if you were, you'd have to go directly to the Supreme Court, not District Court. Read the Constitution. That part you could just read. That's, that, that's clear. All right. Uh, Pence said he was encouraged by the U.S. Supreme Court's recent smackdown of the agency in Michiganistan v. EPA. A case brought by 23 states challenging EPA's 2012 mercury and air toxic standards, MATS, 
regulations governing power plant emissions. Match which EPA estimated would cost Americans $10.9 billion annually was one of several regulations the Congressional Research Service warned would be a train wreck for coal-fired power, which accounted for 39% of all the electricity generated in the U.S. last year, according to the Energy Information Administration. Look at all these bureaucracies. Oh, there's a zillion oh, of them. Oh, my Lord. I know. We tried to do that. You we could never gonna... count them. Never. We tried. We were trying to like do an agency... A no, show just, or every other just, show. It just got it, ridiculous. It was too much because it was agency in front of agency. There's a billion. Of, there's just a billion agencies. We, you know what? Most of the people employed are working for the for Washington D.C. Uh, it's amazing. On June 29, the Supreme Court ruled that the agency must consider cost, including most importantly cost of compliance, before deciding whether regulation is appropriate and necessary under the Clean Air Act. A study commissioned by the American Coalition for Clean Coal Electricity estimated the cost of compliance with the Clean Power Plan would cost electricity consumers $41 billion annually, or four times the cost of rejected mass regulations, while reducing atmospheres to CO2 by less than one half of 1%. That's it. Oh, what, what could, what's, oh, you don't understand, it's, it's critical. I understand that CO2 isn't hurting anything. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen, we could have a lot more CO2 in the atmosphere and this planet would be nothing but a lot more greener, lusher, and warmer. There you have it. Pence noted that Indiana made a decision not to comply with the CPP before the Matz ruling came out, but added that the court's decision validated the concerns he expressed in a June 24 letter to President Caesar Barack Obama. Pence told the president that this plan will force the premature closure of reliable coal-fired power plants, threatening our stable source of affordable energy. Our nation cannot afford your climate plan, and Indiana, Indiana will not stand for it. In my letter to the president, I essentially said that the rule must be demonstrably and significantly improved. If that doesn't happen, Indiana will not comply. And we stand by that, Pence said. When asked whether Indiana was prepared for litigation with the federal government over the issue, Pence replied, the short answer is yes, adding that it's worth a fight. No state is obligated to adopt the president's climate change agenda as their own, he stated. States have to do what's in their best interest. Noting that Indiana is a proud coal state with a 300-year supply, Pence added that his state is nonetheless committed to common sense and all of the above energy strategy that includes renewable as well as fossil fuels. Other governors are also balking at the proposed CO2 regulations. Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker sent a letter to Obamanis on May the 21st, stating that the plan causes state $13.4 billion in higher electricity costs. And by the way, Walker is now running for presidency. It is difficult. To, I, yeah, I always assumed he was too, but it wasn't official until I think yesterday or today. I noticed it today. It is difficult to envision how Wisconsin can responsibly construct a state plan given the staggering costs it would inflict 
on Wisconsin's homes and businesses, Walker told the president. You people don't get him yet, really? He doesn't give a rat's behind how miserable he makes us. He hates us anyway. We're America. He hates America. So does Jared. So does Valerie Jared. Yes, she's an Iranian immigrant, too. And she's the one actually in charge. That should be frightening. Talk about the total opposite of a natural-born citizen. Yeah, but what I don't understand, and I never got this about her, she's a woman in Iran. She's garbage. Why would she want to bring Iran and help Iran? And She's garbage in Iran. I will point out that she's not in charge. She's just Obama's handler. I keep trying to explain that to you. Yeah, I said that on David Webb's show, and they just completely <laughs> poo-pooed me and denigrated me. About Valerie Jarrett. Well, it probably lost quite a few listeners, that show. Because anyone with a brain knows that Valerie Jarrett's not where it ends. How could something this big begin and end with Valerie Jarrett? That's idiotic. She's just, she runs, she she's their handler. She handles the Obamanesses. That's her job. She works under, she's not the top. No, no. No, no, no. There's a whole, if you look up uh, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, uh, progressive, uh, progressive, what's the word I'm looking for? Elites, uh, royalty, progressive royalty. You'll, you'll start, you, you'll hopefully still, if they haven't scrubbed the whole internet of it, still find out who is involved. You know, Glenn Beck brought this all out a long, long time ago. And they called him crazy. No, nothing he did was crazy. He didn't quite bring all of this out. Uh, some he did some the of it Illinois. shifted. He did the Illinois. Oh yeah, he yeah, got he the did. royalty right. Yes, he got the royalty right there. Uh, at least part of it. Yep. But he didn't know the whole of it either. And well, I don't know anybody that does. So, so I'm, I'm sure somebody does. I just don't know them. Oh, and I was going to do this story. I just didn't know how to fit it in. The lamestream media is going after InfoWars and Alex Jones for their reporting on Jade Helm. Jade Helm. Jade Helm. You notice that went away. Jade Helm 15, to be precise. Yes, you notice that reporting went away. Oh, it didn't go away. So now they're slamming Alex Jones all over the, the, you know, alphabet. Oh, good. Good. That'll just get more listeners. It's a, it's no such thing as bad advertising, you know, it's just... Oh, and I'm glad somebody did come to on your side, finally. It just took what? This is like the sixth shooting in a naval, a, a uh, army base or Who a military... Came to my side? Mark Levin is calling for military in the United States to be armed where they're located. He's called for it for, he says, I am done. We need to arm our soldiers. Yeah, because I was, I was done argue, when I was a soldier. I you had a, had an argument with, that's why you're not listening to David <laughs> Webb anymore, because you had an argument with him about that. Well, that's what I, I told him. I wouldn't listen to him ever again. Uh, but I did. And then when I listened again, I found other reasons not to want to listen to his show anymore. So I don't hold a grudge that long. But, you know, sometimes he does trip over his uh, political correctness, which amazes me. But, you know, he does, if you like to get a lot of information about the military, it's a great show because he brings out all the, you know, all the military people, explain everything and get real in depth of what's going on in geopolitics and that. Uh, it, he's very good at that. That's his, that's his thing. His thing isn't U.S. history. It's, it's, 
It's the military. Well, he actually did bring out that the first slave owner was black. He actually read somebody's book, and they had brought that, and they had the guest on in the whole nine yards. Yeah, he did do that. Oh, wow. Yeah, he must know all of U.S. history. But you've been calling, well, I'm talking about this, what happened today. Again, our military coming home and getting killed. We just watched American Sniper, by the way. It was great. The other day. I don't know why anybody had a problem with that, and I don't know how anybody who watched it could call him a coward. <laughs> and I, I know they would never dare do it to his face. Yeah, no, that, that, that was a good, that wasn't what I expected. It was a good movie. Anyway, arm our soldiers! Yes, I was on, I hate being on base, and I had to, if I was on base, like, Luckily, I was living off base. But if I had been living on base, every time I came back into base, I would have to check my firearm in at the uh, armory and then have to check it out again when I leave, disarming myself while I'm home. You think you're safe on a military base. I'll point to, I point to what's happening in military bases. No, you're not. Any place is a gun-free zone, you're not safe. That's just the way it is. Crazies know that, and besides, if they have a grudge against the government, they have a grudge against the military, and they'll take it out of the military, and they'll see it as an easy target, because they know, again, only the MPs have guns, and there's only so many cops, that's what they are, on the base, and they have a response time, like everybody else. And these illegal alien pieces of brown crap, as well as these fuzzy pieces of brown, of brown crap muzzies, what they're doing right now is they're testing the waters. That's why you're hearing random shootings someplace. And the progs were testing the waters with all the riots. They're testing to see where we're vulnerable and how far they could go. And that's what's happening. Well, everything they're doing is finding out how far they can go. They're going to keep going until we push back. And we haven't pushed back. Because we can't make those people up there impeach these people. What needs to be happening? And I don't want to hear any more about your Republican politics. Oh, that'd be suicide. First of all, it wouldn't be. Quite the contrary. The country would get an education as to all the charges against this man. They'd have to be answered for in front of all the country and heck, the world. If you're watching C-SPAN. That it, whether or not it's successful or not, it's, it needs to be done because it should be successful. He is beyond guilty. And I, yeah, I know. So we didn't, didn't succeed totally with Bill Clinton, but he was impeached. That means they, he was found guilty of what they were charged with. I know it's explained a little differently, but it's easier to understand it this way because it does matter that you're impeached. The House impeached Bill Clinton. The Senate did not convict. They, See, they, that's where they decide if, basically, if the punishment is worth removal. That, that's the easiest way to understand that. And so they were like, well, we're not going to remove him, but, you know, he goes down in history for, wanted two presidents to be impeached. Both of them were Democrats. No, Nixon wasn't impeached, he resigned. And by the way, what he did is, like, baby. Oh, man. <laughs> Compared to what this animal up I, there is. I know that Nixon's going, oh, I like this guy, Obama. Look at him go. Oh, I really wish I could have done that. Yep. Because he was a, he might not have been a crook, but he was a prog. 
and a globalist. Most progs are. Do Am I done with this? Or? Just do the last one with Oklahoma Governor Mary Fallon, what she did. She signed an executive order on April the 28th prohibiting state environmental officials from submitting an SIP. That is what an executive order is supposed to be. Internally. Right. It's supposed to affect your internal governance. Um, it's not supposed to have an effect on we the people. Not at the national level. Now, states have different constitutions and different forms of government, and so do local municipalities, and you have to be aware of your own laws, your own constitutions, your own charters, etc. But that, that's why I wanted you to read it. That is an appropriate use of an executive order. And she has more power. Well, she power. has to because she they work for her. Right, and she has more power but they shouldn't Caesar. exist. They shouldn't exist because they're only doing the will of the national EPA all the time. She's stopping it, but that's what their goal is. They're, they're just an arm of the EPA. That's what they're supposed to be. And, but it's our own state environmental officials. We're allowed to have state environmental officials. We don't need the yeah, EPA. But the only reason we have it is because of the EPA. They're the agency that interacts with the EPA and does what the EPA wants on the ground in the states. That's just a bureaucracy. It's a state bureaucracy, like all of them. That are probably that are getting federal dollars. You think just because it's a state program, they're like, "Oh, welfare is a state program." Well, yes, it is, and no, it's not. <laughs> it's uh, overwhelmingly funded by the federal government. The state gets to administer it to an extent, but it's still federal dollars, federal money, federal control. Just because it's a state program means nothing. That's why they're afraid to let you know that if they stop taking money from the national government, they're not going to be able to give you anything. Good. <laughs> it's gonna, you, you, all this stuff we've been giving you, we're going to have to take it away. You know, speaking of states, I heard of an economist. The, I oh, think no, not an economist. Oh, my gosh, yes. Literally said, I think he was pimping his book or he was doing some kind of a commercial. How many books can you write on economics? Well, his premise was that because we have a world economy, that's why America's so rich. Because if we kept everything here in our own states and just traded amongst ourselves, we would be a poorer nation. And he literally said that. What's his point? We're not stopping trade. There's always been trade. There's always been trade. There's never been keep our goods here well, no, to ourselves. But what he was and and what he elaborated on is because but there states, was a time when we did remember the commercial look for the union label. Yes, that's right. Made in America, and that's all we bought. Exactly. And there was nothing. Did nothing and, happened drastically in the world. Everybody, well, nothing he, came to an end. Taught what he was talking about is like our domestic beef. Our domestic, so like the chickens that we have, the eggs, all that kind of stuff. Um, and oh no, we we have plenty of. We could just keep the food right here, and we'd be. We could keep fine. the food and the clothing right here. Yeah, we'd be fine. We're he a said, very big country. He said, populous steel, country. He said steel. They would never be able to get the prices they are, and I'm like, they're not supposed to. This is ridiculous. You're manipulating the stupid market. Right. You, you don't. There's no such thing as. Uh, by the way, free trade. I don't know where conservatives get this notion from there's no ever never been never been free trade the closest thing was favored nation trading uh favored uh trading nation 
Anyway, I'm getting the words wrong, but favored nation trading status. What means they wouldn't put any imports on your goods. That's what they meant. And we always had them. France, we had to give it to France because we had the money. Uh, we, we ended up doing it with England as well, but you, not everywhere. This notion of, uh, free trade only in those favored nations. We still have that designation on the books today. So that, that only time that there should be talk of a free trade would be based on that favored trading nation status, which means neither one of us are going to tax the other person's goods. Done. Good. But that's not what happens in these free, they're not free trade agreements. They're not even close. There's oh, there's still stuff on our goods. They come down a little bit. That's it. They negotiate down, you know, two tenths of a percent or something. We did, we did the NAFTA one on the show, and it was painfully obvious that there's nothing close to free trade going on, and and still isn't. And so when you hear this TPP thing, you say enough. We had the guy on just Sunday. Didn't you hear the Sunday show? You should go listen to the Sunday show. They'll explain all about TPP and why you should be worried. Anyway, so anyway, Oklahoma's standing up a little bit there. Yeah, and they just said a couple of other ones. Jindal's, uh, Louisiana, Bobby Jindal, and West Virginia Governor Earl Ray, a Democrat. Jindal's a Republican, of course, everyone knows that. Have a, it's also publicly stated their opposition to the plan. Governors, listen to me. Read my lips. Hear yeah. my voice. You are more important than anybody else. The EPA. All those Congress you mean up there. The, you're supposed to be more powerful than the national government. Yep. You are, but you're not. And by the way, the, 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 we don't have the right people in places to even pull this off. Jim Brewer almost kind of tried to do it. Then I don't know what Obama got on her boy, but she backed off fast. Same with Nikki Haley. Yeah, no, Nikki, Nikki Haley. There wasn't even a fight. She just walked in and said, take it down the flag. Thank you. That's it. Uh, uh, yeah. Again, what you're saying, what do they have on all these people? I, they do. They, I'm telling you, this is why they love this information. Get. There's never been an administration that has gathered this much information ever in the history of the United States of America. And his people love information because information, as you know, is power. Everybody's got something they don't want other people to know about. Well, most people. Carolina, uh, the result of a lawsuit filed by the U.S. Department of Justice. This is also, again, from CNS News. Uh, the North Carolina double NAACP and the League of Women Voters. All victims, all being against used. Against the state of North Carolina will determine whether the state's 2013 voting law discriminates against minorities. Why do they get a say in this? I didn't elect them. Um, women well, people of Carolina didn't elect them. Really? Women? Really? We don't have a... They're discriminating against us? The League us? of Women Voters. you got to be kidding me. Really? You, know, you people are just a bunch of But why do they get idiots. to decide anything? They're not elected officials. This is ridiculous. The trial began Monday in a federal courtroom in Winston-Salem. It is expected to last two to three weeks. My God, one day was enough. The lawsuit, which was filed soon after government Pat McCrory signed the bill into law two years ago, 
claims that over time, the state of North Carolina has employed a variety of devices to restrict minority voters' access to the franchise up to and including the recent enactment of HB 589. It claims that the changes made to North Carolina's voting system, such as shortening early voting from 17 days to 10, banning out-of-precinct voting, and ending same-day voter registration, were intended to discriminate against minority voters in violation of the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Unconstitutional. Correct. The states are in charge of voting. That's it. The Supreme Court just ruled they weren't. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. SCOTUS is uh, getting everything wrong. If they get SCOTUS, one right, I'm like, whoa, where'd that come from? SCOTUS needs to be Foul in jackets. Seriously, they need to be psychiatrically oh, evaluated. They're completely gone. It's just this, uh, that they... I don't know how they can hold that because in their circles they're heroes. That's why in our circles they're they're pieces of crap. But they don't care about our circle. In they don't our, swing in our circle. In our circle, all these people should be in jail for treason. Well, there's an. It, it's kind of look. I'm gonna tell you one thing. We can only bend so much as a people. People are gonna start snapping, and there's gonna be more violence because they're not they're not gonna put up with this. This ever-increasing national oppressive government. It's going to say no and somebody's going to get hurt. Some lots of people are going to get hurt. Um, That's why we need to take our states back from the ground up first. And and we might not be able to make it, but the journey's worth it. Because each step of the journey you're successful at, you're a little freer than you were before. And the first step at least gets your kids out of the hands of the monsters. Take back the school board. Oh, and call your zoning board and ask them if they have an Agenda 21 plan. Oh, you there's a site online you can go and find out. Is ours on it? Because I was going to oh, call them. Oh, yeah. it's uh, But not ours. Beauty isn't, doesn't have an agreement. But the Missoula Helena Bozeman. <laughs> three, three of the, well, what we'd call major cities. You'd call nothing. But three city, three cities that triangulate around us, they have all unofficially agreed to go along with Agenda 21. I guess I need to write my governor again. Uh, I don't think he reads anything. If he did, I, I'd probably be in trouble. Anyway, where are we going with this? Again, states' rights. They're, to, they're just taking them away. I know, I just don't understand. I mean, it's like, okay, great. How long, first of all, who thought the 1965 Voting Rights Act was constitutional? Raise your hand. Eh, put it down. <laughs> who thought the uh, Civil Rights Act was constitutional? No, put your hand down. Wrong. The, nothing in the Constitution, in fact, it violates the pre- the whole point of the Constitution. Our, our liberties are endless and not, and not, Limited by the national government, the other way around, and we can't allow them to keep. So we're gonna have to start standing up for it. We've been putting up with this crap. Look, 1965, we're talking, right? Unconstitutional. Why? Well, why would the vote? Why would this? Uh, the what do you call it? The 
Civil Rights Act beyond Constitution, Brian. Okay, you're telling me who I can and cannot associate with. I, that means you're taking away my freedom of association. Show me somewhere in the Constitution where it gave you the power to do that. You may, as a business, you're telling me I must collect taxes for you, or else, uh, you know, I go to jail. That's you know, that's 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 a servitude. That's involuntary servitude. That violates the Thirteenth Amendment. Nobody ever talks about the Thirteenth Amendment. I don't know why. How can a judge tell a baker they must make a cake for homosexuals? Again, where does a court deem it gets this kind of power? Nothing. Not, they are not supposed to tell us anything in the government. We're supposed to tell them. Their only job is to protect our our rights. Our inalienable rights would be violated by others. That's their that's their only job. That's the only legitimate job of government. I'm sorry. I know you do a lot of other stuff and you can talk about it, but I said in my book the only legitimate. I even said it with a with an accent. Oh, you mean like <laughs> Hillary Clinton did a whole speech? I ain't no. Oh, that was horrible. Oh, oh my lord! That wasn't a southern draw either. Freaking screecher! She was trying to be. That's a West Virginian accent. She Hillary was trying to do. Rotten Clinton. And they so what? I I will sometimes drop into an accent when I am around. Yeah, you do that, but no, this is ridiculous. Anyway, but we're going to be ending the show, so I want to do it with Article Thirteen. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. That's pretty powerful. It's pretty simple. But very powerful. Shall not have been, shall not exist within the United States of America. Right. Shall being the strongest word you can use legally. And they had a bunch of lawyers and committee of style that put it all together but of course a lot of them went to law school just about everybody i promise went to law school because everyone found it a value to know the law so you, you could hopefully not run afoul of it because you know sometimes off with your head in those places you got to be careful yeah now they just take everything and twist it <laughs> yes uh i don't this we're in a we are in trouble but it's not, we can still do this. I know, I know we can. We'll have to wait and see if we do. But I still believe in we the people. And I believe when time comes, we the people will stand up. And we will not lie down. And we will not let them take our neighbor just because they didn't come for me. Remember that. Learn from history. There's a lot to be learned here. Look what Nazi Germany went through. Read stories about the people that lived through it, because you might be living through it soon. And with that said, I have to leave. It's the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner, from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening to uncooperativeradio.com. And say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're...